Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Riddle me this, Batman. If quizzes are quizzical, what does that make tests? Sing with me, Brian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Halo, halo, everybody, and welcome to Sacred Saturday. The Sacred Boys are back for another episode of, you guessed it, the Sacred Icon Podcast, where we talk all things Halo. But if you're tuning into this episode here in March, you're tuning in to Oddball. Well, that was gravely. That was that was flood-induced. Gravely. <laughs> gravely, gravely, gravely. That, that was gravy. That was gravy. I got gravy in my Ooh, throat. Ta, 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 ta. Jesus Christ, all that phlegm. Anyway, guys, <laughs> we're here to talk Oddball on all things Batman. The recent Batman film has come out in theaters. Everyone's talking about it. Guys are being affected emotionally by this. If you've seen TikTok at all, right. hands clasped behind their backs, staring out their windows, brooding. We're just waiting for the signal to go up. Uh, so we're gonna. We decided to take a step back and go through all these films. Uh, the last episode we did of Batman's related uh, topics was on the Arkham games. So if you haven't checked that out, uh, this would be a nice uh, companion piece for that. So we're gonna kick things off here shortly. Brian's gonna take us through. But before we do, guys, it is me, your host, Jovial Jurassic Joshua Hargis. And join with me as always, you already heard him, the aforementioned, my buddy, my pal, my friend, Mr. Bad Dad himself, Brian Arvid. <laughs> Are we going for a Paul Dano thing? I don't know what I was doing there. That was, that no! was literally like... No! Well, remember no! like the last thing that Paul Dano says in the cell to Batman is he's like, Maria! Oh, I know. He starts doing that. I was like, I'm wiped that... I'm gonna wipe yeah. that smirk off your face, you little shit. Doing. I thought you were doing. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's kind of crazy. I know. I now I can finally I can do the bad dad stuff myself. Though I'm not gonna be one of those people. I think it's so obnoxious when somebody's like gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna be one of those people. Somebody is like gonna be a dad for the first time, and the ha- the baby hasn't even exited the womb yet, and they're like, yeah. "Yeah, I'm a dad. I know what you mean." Or like, "Oh yeah, it's Father's <laughs> Day." It's like no. There's like literally nothing you've experienced hardly at all. A bunch of guys in a group that you're hanging out with are just like talking about like the trials and tribulations of being a father and they start laughing and there's some joke that one of them makes and you're just like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then it gets really quiet. 
Like one kid's got one guy's got like a twenty some year old kid, and he's talking about how he's like always like not listening and like back talking him. And I'm like, yeah, pretty sure my kid flipped me off in the ultrasound. <laughs> no, ridiculous. <laughs> gets but anyways, quiet. one looks at you. Back to uh. Batman, guys. We're going to talk about all the Batman films from starting with uh, uh, Batman 1989 with Michael Keaton, all the way up to the Batman now. Uh, I didn't say this to Josh, but we should probably try to reserve the most amount of time for the Batman at the end because that's what we're going to want to talk the about. The Batman. But Josh, let's. Uh, I think let's start with you because I have a feeling you have watched the Batman more than me, or not? Sorry, the Batman, Batman 1989. I feel like you've watched it more. I feel like you probably like it more. Um, so let's start with you. What are your thoughts on it? What was your experience with it? Let's go right into it. Well, I'll say that I started off my introduction to Batman was Batman Returns, and very quickly moved into the animated series. So those early '90s was like prime time. I was born in '88, so that was really one of the first things I got into. Uh, growing up when I was just really conscious enough to to enjoy things. So I didn't actually see 89's Batman until mid-90s somewhere. You know, I my mom had brought it home one day on VHS, and I was super excited. But when I put it in to play it, about 20 minutes into the movie, I was bored, and I went out to play. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get into it. And the reason was, was because in Batman Returns, Gotham is much more like well gothic and it's much more brooding there's a lot more life to it and in 89s so much is spent on this kind of criminal uh underground you know with uh joker and that guy i forget the character's name but it's played by actor jack valance and i just couldn't get into it as a kid it wasn't it was still an adult batman and i mean to be fair returns was as well but you had catwoman you had penguin walking around waddling with his fat ass so 89's Batman took me a long time to really come around, which I know most of you guys, if you're older, you're probably like, what? That's blasphemy. Well, yeah, I just, I it's couldn't literally Robert it. Pattinson's favorite movie, Batman. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Well, didn't know that. That's crazy. But, uh, so 89 Batman, um, is something that I've seen twice now and I've seen bits and pieces of, but I still just don't really like, I, I, I think it's a good movie. Um, I love the fact the, the the reason why I don't like it too much is pretty much because it just kind of roams around with um, that kind of like 40s kind of mob boss like approach with Joker and his goons and stuff. And I kid me, it's still kind of latched on. It's that first impression. It just doesn't do too much for me. But he did a great job as the Joker. You have Prince on the soundtrack. And when he's playing the Prince music at the uh, when he goes to that uh, club or not the club. um Goes to the restaurant and he, they start spraying graffiti everywhere and dancing. I'm like, what the fuck are y'all doing? You got he's got one guy in the group, like that's break dancing. Like in a world where you got like guys that are dressed up like 1940s mob bosses, you got one guy that's break dancing to Prince music, and I just I love it. It's like only in Batman, but uh, super fun movie. Still at the same time, um, you got a lot of great things happening in there, and and Batman is just super cool. They're so limited in what they can do, you know, back then in '89. But he had Nikes that he was wearing. That those were Nikes for his boots and yeah. shit like that. And I just I love that about Batman wearing Nikes. And man, you know I looked at some of the old promo merchandise uh, recently for that movie, like McDonald's and stuff like that. And uh, really took me back. Really took me back. And uh, but that movie was really cool. I still love Keaton. I loved Kim Basinger. That was probably my favorite thing about that movie. I just she was such a total babe, a total babe. And uh, I loved their dynamic, and I loved seeing it grow. I actually that was probably my favorite part of the movie, but I do think that uh, 
Jack Nicholson did a great Joker. I think I just had uh, my introduction to Jack Nicholson was through several other different movies. So by the time I saw that, I was just kind of like, he's cool, but I just didn't care about the rest of the movie. I don't know. What about you? Well, I think I should just like give you guys like my background before I go into talking about my opinion of these movies. Um, you know, a lot of times people will be like, people will want you to to say that you know the first ones the, the first one's super important or the best or it means so much to you just because it's the first. But I just have to be honest. I mean, we're all born at different times. We all have different experiences. For me, um, all of my I would say the first real Batman exposure I had that made me fall in love with Batman was watching the animated series as a kid. The Batman animated series. Hell yeah. Batman bat. animated series, I love. And then um, it wasn't until Batman, the Batman Begins, till Christopher Nolan's trilogy. Brian Begins. That, that I started to like rekindle my love for Batman. And then the Arkham games came out, and I was like, holy shit. Like, I like the Arkham games even. Like, if I was to put it in a row, I'd probably go, I'd probably go Arkham Games, animated series, and then the Christopher Nolan trilogy is probably what ranks for me. But, like, nice. so really it was, like, animated series, and then it wasn't until Batman Begins that, like, that renaissance for Batman really came back for me. So, having said that, um, most of my love and admiration for the character and, and Batman as a franchise is not at all in Batman, Batman Returns, Batman and Robin, or... What was the other one? Batman Forever. 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 Did I do that wrong? Batman Robin's the last one, right? Doesn't matter. That's fine. Okay. Doesn't matter. But anyways, so my love for everything Batman does not take place in these first four films that we're going to talk about. So having that set out of the way, pretty sure the first Batman movie I ever saw was the last one with, is it the one with, the one with um, Ivy and Arnold Schwarzenegger and stuff? That was Forever? That was in Robin. And Robin. Batman okay. Forever so was Val Kilmer. Batman Robin was the first one I saw. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, I was just like, Whoa, Robin's so cool. Whoa, Ivy's so hot. Why do I like to look at her? I'm little and I don't understand. <laughs> like, I feel funny. Yeah. Whoa. Um, who else was in that? Was there somebody else, or that was that all of them? That'd be Alicia okay. Silverstone was in there. Alicia Silverstone. I was like, yeah, you know, I was like, I was like, she's pretty cute too. And I'm like, this is so cool to watch Batman. But so basically, for like for me, watching Batman Forever as a kid was just cool because yeah, live action Batman. But then by the time I was not even, I don't know, maybe even twelve, I kind of thought. The movie kind of sucks, and I'm not trying. To, I'm not here to hate on it. I Batman mean, I know Robin. A, I know there's a lot. What's that? You saying Batman Robin? Batman Robin, yeah. Oh, um, but Hurt and also heart. also uh, Batman Forever to be real. Oh, but oh. but uh, I'm not saying that in a hater way. I'm not saying that in like a I hate the prequel Star Wars kind of way. I'm saying that in a as once I started to get a little older, I just genuinely didn't really care for those movies anymore. So um, so it was like that's kind of where I started, and then. Um, I did watch Batman 89 and Batman Returns, and I liked those movies a lot better than Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, and I thought they were good, and I enjoyed Jack Nicholson's Joker, and I enjoyed Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, and I I thought, I had, I really thought Penguin was cool as a kid for some reason. I think it's just because he was so, like, it's funny, I was about to say larger than life, but it's almost like smaller than life, right? Like, it was such a weird character. Like, he literally had a top hat and a cane and a weird nose, and he was played by Danny DeVito. Um, so, I I really liked the first two movies, and I thought they were good, but... When did you first see 89's Batman? I want to say it was late 90s. Okay. After the after George Clooney and Val Kilmer had already come and gone. Gotcha. Um, but... The truth be told is, like, I didn't have any of that, like, obsession or real interest in Batman 
never was attached to those first four movies. It was animated series and nothing but until Christopher Nolan's trilogy. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, to sum it up, Josh, I kind of I, I agree with you. The first movie, I like Jack Nicholson as Joker anytime he's on screen. He did a great job. Uh, he doesn't get enough credit anymore since Heath Ledger, uh, but he still deserves credit for being a, a really great Joker, a great performance. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, you know, I really don't have much more to say about it. We can go right into Returns. I enjoy 89, and I like Jack Nicholson. I'll say there's a moment in there. He's got this goon, this, this pat suit with him throughout the whole movie, right? And it gets to the big parade scene. And he just straight up kills that dude. Like he has nobody else to help him. Oh, Batman point. does? No, the oh. Joker does. Okay. Like it's just Batman got this... kill somebody in that too. No, no, no. Well, I think I can't remember now. I think that's Return. Like Return for sure. He definitely does. But uh, yeah, it just he kills that guy, and it's always it's so funny to me, just because it's like you're a bad guy, <laughs> you're just like killing everyone around you. But it makes sense. I mean, he's the Joker. Yeah. He's just gonna do whatever. When also, Michael Ke- Keaton was a, a great Batman. It's just like, you know how like you know how you meet people who are like Tom Holland's my Spider Man. And you meet people who are like, Andrew Garfield's my Spider-Man. You got me and Josh who are like, Tobey Maguire's my Spider-Man. That's because that's the one that made the impression on you, right? Yeah. Michael Keaton didn't make an impression to me. me. He was more, he was just like an, because like, you get a picture, like as a, let's say, let's say I'm 10, I'm 10 in 2002. So at Mm -hmm. that point, 1989, Michael Keaton seems like an old guy from an old movie. You know, he, he doesn't to me almost anymore. I just see him as like an an older actor, but as a, as like a kid, like a 10-year-old kid, I'm like, whoa, that's that old actor from that 89 movie because, you know, I'm such a young kid. <laughs> it's weird because um, I, I, Michael Keaton was like, he defined Batman for me. And then in animated series, he's like bulky. And I didn't think anything. The funny thing it. is, animated series was was informed, the style was informed by Tim Burton's 1989. Right, right. But then you go and see the other Batman since I was growing up. And um, they're all like beefy and buff and everything and i was like why is that he not like thin and muscular like keaton's and then i didn't realize until i got way older that like keaton's is the exception like his he didn't being, use steroids <laughs> <laughs> pretty much he wasn't super jacked he wasn't in the gym all the time but uh no we can move on batman 89 it's it's a good movie i know it is i know people yeah enjoy it out there if but somebody I, thinks I also, it's their favorite i get it i also don't think it's as good as everyone says but that's just that's just my opinion and if people enjoy it that's all i think i think what it comes down to josh is like what did it feel like to see that in live action in 89 as like somebody who's already old enough to fathom what's right. going on like if you're if, if your mom had taken you to the theater at the age of five or six to see 89 you probably would have more impression no for sure i think about the original ninja turtles movie the first two in specific but um those were incredible to see for their time and those were really close i think 90 was when the first one came out so no, it was crazy to see those. But uh, moving on to Batman Returns, this one was my favorite for the longest time. It was my introduction. I got so many pictures from my childhood of me wearing a Batman Returns t-shirt, and I still remember getting the toys. This was back in the day when, like, you know, the movie comes out, and they have 20 different Batmans, for like scuba diving Batman. They got bathtub Batman. They got all kinds of Batmans, you know, that weren't even in the movie, but he's there. And this was awesome. Because to this day, I think Michelle Pfeiffer is still the best Catwoman. It's not a knock on the other ones. I just think she's the best. The suit was iconic and sexy. And the aesthetics of Gotham were just so amazing. This is like peak Burton cinema. Are we in agreement that Returns just does everything Batman 1989 does better? Yeah, dude, so better. I love it so much. I love it so much. And it builds, it kicks off building um, Cobblepot's like backstory, which was just really great in trying to introduce a villain. Meanwhile, the whole Selena stuff, dude, the Selena stuff as a kid creeped me out. And what I mean by that is like there's those kinds of movies like when you're young and susceptible to all, all this different stuff that like, you know, some people will watch a horror movie at a super young age and they probably shouldn't be watching that. But then they get engrossed in it and they love horror movies and stuff like that or whatever. Well, for me, 
I was like so invested in that movie, but it's like, it's not really a kid friendly Batman movie at all. And there's this scene when Selena is like going through her shit and she takes a bunch of like stuffed animals and starts putting them down the garbage disposal and they're spinning around getting cut up and everything. Dude, that made me so sad as a kid. I was like super depressed and I was like kind of scary because I just, I never seen people like, I never seen stuffed animal cruelty. I never seen it in my life. And I was just so bummed stuffed out. Animal cruelty. I never seen it because I just there like always stuffed so, animal pita. I'm like four years old when this movie is relevant, you know. So I'm just seeing like someone mistreat these so badly, so so lovable and innocent, and she's just shoving them down there and stuffing them. And, I'm, and these cats are just watching, and I'm like, this bitch is twisted. She's <laughs> tripping. But um, uh, from the neon lights, you know, the hello there. I think it was hello there. I can't remember what it was now on her lights, but um, from that. Um, everything else, you know, and that's not something else I forgot to mention. 89's Batman has Lano Calrissian in there as Harvey Dent. The second movie was supposed to, but for whatever reason, I can't remember now, it didn't work out. So then they basically remade his character into Christopher Walken's character, and they gave him pretty much a lot of those similar lines, but originally it was supposed to be Harvey Dent. He was going to become Two-Faced in that movie. Catwoman was going to show up as she did, and they were going to do a third movie. And I think third movie was going to have Harvey what, Dent. Am I remembering wrong? Like, wasn't Harvey Dent black at one point? Yeah. Yeah, he was. And that's that, that's, that's Return Nines. So he was supposed oh, to be back. He was supposed to be back in Returns, but they didn't. For whatever reason, it didn't happen. And then they just completely remade a new character, pretty much imposed that personality of Harvey Dent kind of onto this guy. That's why he's like, he seems like he's a good guy, but he's kind of not. And he does bad stuff. And Selena's like unmasking him and stuff like that. I think that film's great. There's a lot of duality in that movie, which we'll see in a lot of Batman films. There's a lot of duality. Selena, you know, hiding behind this, you know, personality, this alternate personality. Batman, obviously, for obvious reasons. And you have the Penguin who's trying to be this good per, be this awesome person of Gotham, trying to run for mayor and stuff. But he's actually a piece of shit. You know, then you got Christopher Walken's character who's like the face of that company and tries to be tries to come off like a good person and he isn't. And I love that uh, going throughout the movie. And I think the final act is just incredible. Um, when, when uh, with Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Keaton with their masks unmasked and that final shot, when the music's playing, going into the credits, the signals up and you see Catwoman's face look up. And I kid me was so excited for the next movie. I was thinking we're going to see her again. And we didn't until 2012. That was heartbreaking. But um, I love that movie to this day. I'm very nostalgic for it. It's not as rewatchable for me, but that's because <laughs> that's because I've gotten older. I enjoy the more wholesome, uh, fun vibes. Uh, so I, I will get into that. But I tend to enjoy the Forever and, and, and Robin stuff a bit more. But Batman Returns is up there. Like if I'm making a top five list, it's within the top three probably of, of Batman films. Brian, over to you. I mean, I don't really have any more to say about Returns. Like I said, um, Catwoman was great. Uh, this is better than 89 in every way to me. I love Danny DeVito's Penguin. Um, it's funny when they reveal their faces at the end. Michael Keaton takes off his mask and the, the eye shadow just disappears. You know, the yeah. Shadow's not <laughs> yeah, I know. People have been pointing that out now since the Batman. Yeah. And I can't not notice it now. Something yeah. in the way. 
I, I wonder why they thought the eyeshadow was a bad idea. Because, like, why not just leave it, right? I mean, I would know. it have been that bad? No, I know. <laughs> he just gets the fucking mask. He, you know, the, the, the mask gets ripped off and returns. It's just Michael Keaton's face. It's Mr. Mom himself. Yeah, Mr. Like, Mom. Dude, I have. I think I've seen Mr. Mom more than I've seen Bar- Batman uh, with that's, Michael Keaton. Oh, that's crazy. So, dude, it's well, going to be crazy. On. We're going we're gonna to have something to say about Michael Keaton playing Batman again here in, like, a year or so. Yeah. Less. Well, it wasn't going to be a year, but thank you, WB. <laughs> Not only do you put do you put a preview at the beginning of the Batman for your upcoming slate of films coming this year, but then you immediately a week later fucking delay. <laughs> you bump up one, you delay a bunch of others. Such a WB thing. I just uh, yeah. no confidence in them. At okay, all. what's the next one, Josh? Is next one is Batman Forever. What are your thoughts on Batman Forever? Um, this is with uh, the Riddler by Jim Carrey and yeah. um, Tommy Lee Jones. Two Chris O'Donnell. So. We got Val Kilmer. We got uh, Drew Barrymore. Even Tommy Lee Jones. Jim Carrey. As, as a kid, I wanted. I want. I wanted. What is it about Robin that makes kids so happy? Like I wanted to see Robin all the time. So like yeah. this was exciting to see Robin. Because um, it feels Jim, like it's you. It feels like it's you hanging out with Batman. I think I think that's what it is. Because he's like the kid next to Batman. Batman's um, your hero. It's not. It's the person you want to be, but it's not the person you are. So then you see Robin, and you're like superimposing yourself. I on could that be him. Person. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I couldn't be Batman, but I could be him. Yeah. Even though really you couldn't be him either. But you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, but like back then, like Jim Carrey was like all the rage because you know like we'd seen like uh, Dumb and oh, Dumber, yeah. Ace Ventura. So it was like wow, Jim Carrey Riddler's awesome. He is. Um, he is at peak right now. I think I had a kid. I think as a kid, I had a, uh, an idea for, like, Tommy Lee Jones was just hard for me to, like, relate to, or, or he's just too, he was just too, like... He is for a lot of people. Yeah, so, like, I, I just, Two-Face, Tommy Lee Jones, Two-Face never really gripped me, because I, mean, I like Tommy Lee Jones now, but for, to me, I feel like, and some people might disagree, but I feel like Tommy Lee Jones is an adult actor. You know, I don't yeah. really feel like he brings much joy to children. I mean, maybe in Men in Black, you could get him a little bit there, but even Love there, him in the Men in, in Black film. In Men in Black, he's like, he's the stickler that, you know, the, the most people, like kids, are, you're looking at Will Smith, you're not really paying attention to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have much to say. I, I'm sorry, Josh, I don't have as much to say about these movies, but. No, it's all right. I'll carry Val Kilmer is still better than George Clooney as a Batman. And also, I saw in an interview recently that Rob Pattinson, when he first went to all, like, audition for Batman, they gave they put him in the room with all the suits of pe- the past so he could try on which ones fit him best to do the like interview for it or like to test for Batman right. and he had to wear Val Kilmer's suit because it fit his body the best but he had to wear George Clooney's helmet because it fit mm-hmm. his head the best yeah, so it was George that too. so pretty interesting that's kind of cool it's cool that they but, still have uh, them but uh i love Batman forever i think it's a much better movie than people give it credit for um, i really enjoyed it as a kid I was a bit bummed watching it initially that it wasn't um, it was completely different than uh, than Returns, but at the same time I was still at that young age where um, I didn't have that dopamine like instant gratification type of reaction, so I didn't really care. I didn't really understand why it looked different, why it had different people. I was just happy it was another Batman movie. Yeah, I, I will Robin say that. Like it. as a kid, you're like you don't really, it doesn't really hit you how much like oh these aren't the same actors, right? Um, but I love that movie so much. Um, I love the dynamic that um, uh, of Bruce just dealing with his duality with um, with Batman. I thought that was great. Is he's going to Nicole Kidman and is just like therapist um, and or psychologist, I think, and talking to her. They reference it. It's so weird, guys. Uh, I mean, most of you guys listening know this, but like those four films are connected. So eighty nine Batman, I was about to Batman say. and Robin, and they're all connected. And the only thing really tying them together is the actors playing Commissioner Gordon and Alfred. And what's interesting is in Forever, no, I, well, I'm sorry, going back to Returns, Returns uh, briefly references Kim Basinger's character Vicky Vale, 
um, one off, like basically just saying it didn't work out. And then in forever Catwoman gets referenced by Nicole Kidman's character, or maybe uh, it was Batman in that scene, in a yeah. scene with her. Gets I was going to say, why they do like, why did they keep these all connected and not just reboot it? And I know, actually, no, I almost answered my own question because I was telling Josh right before I was waiting for Josh to get on here. So we record this episode. I was browsing YouTube and the documentary for the behind the scenes of the dark Knight trilogy with Christopher Nolan came up. And I was watching it while I was waiting for Josh to come podcast. And I got about 15 minutes in. And one of the things they said in the first 15 minutes of that documentary was the idea of creating Batman Begins and acting as if it was the first Batman movie, acting as if Batman films hadn't already been created, was like a new concept. Like, that was a new concept in film back in 2003, 2004. Like, you don't just make a new one. You don't just reboot it and pretend like the other ones didn't exist. And that's... So that's... that. That kind of answers the question, right? Like, why, when Tim Burton and Michael Keaton were out, why did they continue to make this continuity the same, even though almost mm-hmm. everyone and everything's different? Well, because it probably it probably seemed asinine back in the '90s to 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 kind of uh, snowball, it's juicy, like, throw, throw away all of your work on the first two and start over. Like you had Marlon Wayans that was bit. originally attached to play Robin for Batman Returns. I think he did tests. Uh, for it in in a costume but it it just didn't happen and michael keaton was attached michael keaton was attached to uh batman forever for the longest time tim burton dropped out of it because wb was like we gave you batman in 89 we gave you returns we need something more child-friendly and accessible and he was like i'm not gonna do that fuck all that so then he dropped out then keaton like was pretty much was like if he's out i'm out so then they had to pivot and then they went so like the vision we get the the look of gotham and forever is very much wb's choice but then everything else that kind of came after is, is a bit different but i really love forever um there's some great stuff in there with um dick grayson and his family just getting to see the origins of robin getting to join him at the end the riddler steals every show or every scene he's in Tom Lee Jones and uh, jim carrey apparently not getting along on set is super interesting to this day um but I thought he was a great Two Face. Uh, I loved his. I loved his voice. There's so many lines in that movie that's great. When Jim Carrey smacks his boss, when Edward Nigma smacks his boss over the head with the coffee, he's like, "Caffeine will kill you." I love that <laughs> shit. I love it so much, and it's just great fun in that movie. Honestly, the soundtrack was pretty cool. I remember "Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me" from U2. A great music video back in the day. Um, super nostalgic for that movie. Um, love it so much. But uh, yeah, Batman and Robin, Brian. You talked a little bit about this one. Uh, Batman and Robin, probably the one I saw the most as a kid. Hell yeah. Um, I loved Chris O'Donnell. I remember I remember watching, like, it's funny, I can remember this still. Like, I remember watching the scenes of Chris O'Donnell with Poison Ivy and being like, no, Robin, don't kiss her, but I totally understand because she's so hot. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, don't do it, don't do it, it's going to turn out bad for you, but... I probably would too, cause look at her. You know, yeah. like that's what I thought as a kid. Um, but man, I thought Arnold Schwarzenegger as Doctor, or not Doctor Freeze. Wow, Mister Freeze. Um, as a kid, I was like, "Whoa, Mister Freeze looks freaking awesome!" Like I wanted toys of him and he stuff. Was so and, cool. You know, it's time to chew. You know, like none of that was corny to me. The ice cool move, got move. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think I think if I'm being honest, I think Batman and Robins are way more fun than Batman Forever. Dude, Batman and Robins, my favorite fucking Batman movie. I love that name. It's movie your favorite so one? Yeah, I that I movie's that? ass, man. I love that movie. I don't think I knew that. I thought I didn't know that. It that, is, man. It that's is. crazy, man. People yeah. people listening right now are probably judging you, Josh and Josh. No, I think I think that's the thing is I think that movie's kind of in like 
not a renaissance right now, but I think it's it's got that same like prequel effect on people where enough time has passed. Because you look, you know how like nowadays, guys, how like there's always this 30 year gap of nostalgia. So like nowadays we get a lot of nostalgia from our childhood that there's that 30 year gap. Like I'm 33, you know, getting Force Awakens is, you know, returning to Star Wars that was there in the 90s and stuff like that um, with like for, uh, Phantom Menace and stuff like that. The Matrix, you know, that started in 99, we get nowadays. There's always this 30 year stop gap of nostalgia and stuff. Well, back in the day when this came out in 97, it was the 30 year gap of Adam West and Burt Ward's Batman. So you had that more like you had like a modern version of that kind of slapsticky, um, humoristic Batman. They didn't take itself super seriously. We're talking like Batman whips out the card. He's like the Batman MasterCard and it says Batman Forever. He says never leave home without it. Amazing. Going back to Batman Forever and he's like, Alfred's like, you know, do you do you want some food? He's like, no thanks. I'll get drive through. You know, and I, I mean, the amazing moments in there that they used to promote like McDonald's and fucking Taco Bell and Dude, all that shit. It, it takes me back. What's up, man? What's up? My favorite. Like, I don't know if anybody else experienced this, but like in our household when we live with my parents, like. We usually people have like a cup in the cupboard that they want to always yes. put their drinks in. Yes. My cup, even till like the last time I lived with my parents, so 2016, was the Batman and Robin McDonald's mug. Nice, dude. Do you remember That's the what forever ones that were like they were? It was I think it was just of the four. It was Riddler. Yeah, it was Riddler, Two Face, Batman, and Robin. But they were like they were like see through glass. That's they were what made I to look icy. About. Was I am I wrong? Is it forever and not Batman? That was Robin? Forever's. Yeah, okay, forever. then yeah, forever. But uh, yeah. yeah, nice though, nice. It was yeah. a Batman, was it specifically? I don't know if it was. I think it was Batman. Or it might have been Robin. It might have been Robin. Okay. I love those glasses, dude. I, I wish, I wish fast food joints did stuff like that still. Yeah, that, that's always cool when they do like the yeah. tie-ins. Remember Lord of the Rings? I wasn't like really relevant for that. Like I wasn't. Um, well, restaurant cogn- was cognizant of that. But um, what's that? Well, restaurant was with with Lord Burger of the Rings. King. Burger King. Did I thought it, it was I Burger King. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I love Batman and Robin so much. I think this is just a fun movie. It's just super fun and accessible. George Clooney's got the chin, but yeah, he's just literally just being George Clooney. But the suits that they go through, so many different suits in this movie. Um, Robin trying to go through his independent rebellious streak and then kind of starting to crush and dote on Alicia Silverstone's um, Batgirl, um, which was just really cool to see her introduced into it. Um, I didn't really care for the whole, like, she's Alfred's granddaughter or niece or whatever it was. I never really cared for that, but... um, but I, it was cool. It was cool. And you got to love Schwarzenegger. He's just so quotable in that movie. Vivica A. Fox, who was in there, we totally met in passing at Comic-Con. Yeah, she yeah. called me a cutie guy, so I'm always going to dote on her in this movie. Um, then you have Bane, which, to be honest, is such a throwaway character in this movie. I forgot about Bane. But <laughs> his transformation was super cool, like, in the moment. I don't. I still don't know. I mean, it's CGI, but, like, it just it Which Bane really do you like good. better? Dark Knight Rises oh, or this one? Batman and Robin. But um Oh, I hate, but, I hate <laughs> I said that just to fuck you so with you, man. I love you. I love you. No, we know which one's actually better. It's it's Dark Knight Rises. But uh <laughs> but Uma Th- I don't know, dude. Some people hate Dark Knight Rises Bane, but anyways, go ahead. I don't think they should. This is silly. But um but Uma Thurman is Poison Ivy, which is perfectly cast. And uh I never found her like the most attractive as a kid. I was crushing more on Alicia. You were a little older. coming off clueless. I was crushing. She was Alicia closer too, to my but- age. But there's the shot of Uma when she's like at the club and she's dressed originally in the gorilla suit and she like takes it off. And I was like, I'm getting funny feelings about that backside. I'm getting real funny feelings right now. And I was laying on my stomach and everything and I was getting like a tent pole thing going on. But um, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I raised off the, the yeah. mattress. <laughs> yeah, that was my own bat signal. But um, 
that movie is just super fun. The soundtrack was amazing with Smashing Pumpkins that they later reused the song, which this has never happened before as far as I know. But they took a song from that, a remixed version of a Smashing Pumpkin song that was on that soundtrack. And they literally used that in the Watchmen film. Blows my mind. Now, granted, DC, it's another DC product. But that's never really happened before. It's crazy. But dude, that movie's super fun. I love Gotham in that. Gotham's just super crazy when they go meet the uh, the the the, uh, the goons. I don't know what they're called, but they look like. Uh, oh my god, I can't think of what they're called. It's bugging me. But when when Robin and um, and, and and Alicia are gonna go do the street race, and there's all the 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 like juggalos. I don't know what they're called, but like they just look crazy. Uh, everything looks so beautiful. I love that film aesthetically to this day. I love it so much. Um, it's my favorite. It's so much fun. And honestly, as I get older, I just want to watch movies that are fun. And I like to, I mean, I watch plenty that aren't, but those are the ones I think of the most because I had a good time with it. I can put it in. It's not like Lord of the Rings where I get in this, I got to like really commit. I know I'm going to cry so many different points. I'm going to come out of it just being emotional, like staring at the ground, you know, being like, something in the way. But it's just, I put it in and I just have fun. And I walk out of it going, chill, chill. Yeah, you know, I, dude, there is no hate here. And honestly, I would sit down and watch Batman Robin right now and just enjoy it. Like, I, I don't need to watch a movie because I think it's a critical masterpiece. I, I can just have yeah. a long time. So yeah. there's no hate here at all. It's just the honest truth. I don't have much attachment at all to these first four films. I just don't. Well, then they let's just, move into the ones that you do. Yeah. Yeah, I would say like, like I'm, I'm, I'm lamenting the fact we spent 30 minutes on these, which I plan to, Josh, don't worry. But I'm like, I don't actually really care about these four movies at all. So, I mean, it, it's not that I... Makes me feel that? old. Makes me feel old. Well, it's not that they're bad. It's just that I... Uh, no, I, I get just, it. Hey, man. I was never cool. attached That's to cool. them. Some never people are into like, pfft, Walking Dead. I'm not into Walking Dead. <laughs> so yeah, I right? get it. <laughs> it's like, get it just it. doesn't, it just doesn't, these four films don't make Batman what is important about Batman to me. It's just animated series and, and Nolan stuff on. Fair enough, so. man. Well, and, and to be fair, because we're not going to cover this because there's no Batman films involved, but it's just like the Ben Affleck Batman stuff for me. Um, it's not it's not a hate. It's not a, I think he's bad or anything like that. It's that none of the things that make me love Batman or the character or, or have passion towards the series are involved with anything Ben Affleck was a part of. So for me, it's just like when I think of Batman, it just goes animated series, uh, Nolan trilogy, Arkham games, and now now the it's Batman. crazy how he's become my favorite Batman. Now I never would have said that in 2016, but now I, I can I can see why someone would say that Ben Affleck's their favorite Batman. You know what it is? It's, I've but, been thinking about this. It's because every other Batman, including the newest one, they're super grounded. They have like more gritty, realistic takes. That was the one that we got to see where like Batman started to fight like other world, otherworldly like yeah, which, and, and stuff I get like that. Criticism, people which was like super more. refreshing to see. But, I mean, I don't mind. I like any and all Batman. But it was just, it was a nice new take. And I loved his costume. It's it's, it's my favorite costume. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, it was, it was, and we're going to get into this, but, like, it's been challenging for me now after seeing the Batman because my Batman, like, fandom and loyalty has always been so simple. It was, it was, this, it was this simple. I like the animated series, mm-hmm. and I like Nolan's films. And the Arkham games are by, are an extension of the animated series. So I was right. just like, animated series, Arkham games, Nolan films, that's it. Like, it was simple for me. Like, I was a very simple Batman fan. Uh, fan. If it's not animated series or if it's not Nolan's films, I'm out. Right. But now the Batman came out, and I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. But we're going to get to that later. Anyways, um, going to the Batman, uh, Christopher Nolan trilogy. Um, Batman Begins, uh, I had Kyle, my friend, our friend Kyle, spend the night, and we rented it uh, from the movie store. So I, we didn't see it in the theater. Oh, okay. I want to see all it with my friend Justin. 
Yeah, we uh, we rented it and uh, we watched it and we're like, holy crap. That movie's amazing. That's the best Batman movie ever. That might be the best. That's probably the best comic book movie ever. <laughs> we loved it. It was yeah. amazing. Uh, so that was, which is interesting though, is because like I watched Batman Begins, I thought it was amazing, and then really didn't think about it much more at all until, and we'll come back to this because I want I don't want to skip past it, but like, no, you're good. You know, with three years when you're in high school or like middle school, three years seems like an eternity. So like, I didn't follow the sequel to Batman Begins leading up at all. It was literally just one day I heard about Heath Ledger and all that stuff and about him passing. And then yeah. I had some friends who were like, hey, do you want to go see The Dark Knight this weekend when it comes out? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. That sounds fun. I hadn't followed it at all. I had no idea what to expect. So you can imagine how much The Dark Knight floored me. But going backwards, basically it was just I saw Batman Begins. I loved it. Thought it was awesome. I loved Christian Bale. I loved, um, you know, I loved Scarecrow. But the funny thing was, I was really confused about Ra's uh, Ghul. I was so confused. I think everyone because, was. It was a weird twist. Because I, at the time, I was like, wait a minute. Is Ra's the the Asian dude from the beginning, or is he Liam Neeson? And then I was like, but wait a minute. It's got to be Liam Neeson because he comes back later. And I'm like, isn't Ra's supposed to be Asian? I, 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 as a kid, I'm not I'm not trying to be like racist here. I'm just like, as a kid, I'm like... Isn't Ra's supposed to be like is, with that kind of name too? Like Ra's being such a weird yeah. name. I was no, like, no. Isn't he supposed to be foreign? Yeah. So I was really confused, and then also like in every other media, he's called Raishagul, not Raza, not Razagul. Right. So that was different. So I was confused, but I was ultimately just like, I thought Batman Begins was amazing, and I loved it, and then I just didn't think about it much more till uh, Dark Knight came out. But what about you, Josh? Was Batman? Uh, Begins? Batman Begins is my favorite of the three, and it's not even a dunk on the other two. It's just I love the origin story so much. It felt so great to finally get to see Batman come into being Batman and just the way they played it out. The music, Hans Zimmer just delivered such a booming score with that, that just soared and hit such emotional highs and stuff like that at times. It's amazing how much was established to that first film. Like uh, yeah, everything about sure. that series, all him, him just training and everything. The, the, the first 20 minutes of that movie, like so much happens. It moves so fast, but none of it's boring and none of it feels like rise of Skywalker too fast. You know, it's just really well paced in how he goes from like being in a jail cell to Liam Neeson showing up and being like, but if you made yourself something more, you'd become something else entirely. What's that? A legend, Mr. Wayne. A legend. You know what's funny? I don't know if you agree with me because we both just rewatched this recently, but like he doesn't really do the the gravelly voice. No, it's not until the dark night where he's like, you excommunicated by a gang of vicious psychopaths. Yeah, it's funny he didn't do that really. That one, but <laughs> yeah. dude, dude, there's just so many iconic moments in Batman Begins, like when it first came out, just like the you swear to me yep. and the where are you? Here. You know, like yeah. all that stuff was just so cool. Um, I always find it amazing that Nolan decided to include a device that had him summon Bath because current day Nolan, I'm like, you would never do that. It's, it's not believable enough. Yeah. You know, but he summons Bats in the first film, he never does it again. Um, the city of Gotham. Looks amazing in this film, and then they completely just make it Chicago and Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, to fall into. we'll get into that. Um, so that that's one of the that's one of the highlights of this film is how much it seems. Actually, I just learned this the other day, Josh. Did you know he had his crew watch the original Blade Runner as what he was going for with Begins? No, I didn't know that. I don't yeah, see that cool. at all. But if you think if you look yeah, at the city cool. of Gotham and like the stuff he did with Scarecrow, and then like. You know at the end when fear toxins in the air and you're seeing like the horse breathe flames and like demon eyes and skull faces. Yeah. Like it was really trippy there at the end and I can I can see what he was going for but yeah, Batman Begins started off on a really strong footing. Um it is, it is really cool. I love that movie so much. I don't care for Rachel Dawes as a character in either movie. Me either. But 
I do really enjoy. I think Christian Bale is one of the best Bruce Waynes. I don't, I don't necessarily. Understand. I don't hate him as Batman at all, but he's not my favorite. But I love him as Bruce Wayne. I thought he just did such a good job. I loved Morgan Freeman's first time we get Lucius Fox on screen. Yeah. Um, Ghoul, like Brian said. And um, I love... Moments like, does it come in black or nice coat? Oh, I know. So many great classic lines from that. Yeah. And then you also have uh, Michael Caine as Alfred, which was just so great. I mean, he had so much more charm and liveliness. Not to dunk on the other guys. I forget his name. But this Michael Caine just did so much. I mean, everything was just firing all cylinders. All these different characters brought so much. I don't life understand to it. why he made Rachel Alcon. Dawes. She's not even from the comics. Like, what was the? There's so many great female characters. Why did he create? She's boring. You know. I think it's just Christopher Nolan's. Like, I'll do the comic book movie, but I got to put my own stamp on it. And like, okay, she, okay. Because you notice how, like, so for those, I'm sure most of you who are Batman fans know this already, but like, animated series introduced Harley Quinn. She was not based off of any comics, and she was so popular they brought her into the comics. Go search Rachel Dawes. She does not exist outside right. the Nolan trilogy because she's a pointless character. Super fun movie, though. A lot of it takes place in the slums, which is what I really enjoyed because it really felt like grungy Gotham. Gotham. I don't like now rewatching it that um, I forget his name. But the little shit from Game of Thrones is in there. What's his oh, name? Joffrey. Joffrey. Like nice can't, oh, can't stand that. He's like, it's you they're talking about, isn't it? And Batman's like, I'm not. I got nothing to say to you. I've seen like four seasons Batman's of Batman's like, if I knew what you'd become, yeah, I'd yeah. kill you now. Um, but Gary Oldman, that's the one I was trying to get to. Gary oh, Oldman amazing. is just so charming and so sweet and endearing as Commissioner Gordon. And I think that's what the movie just nailed right in that whole trilogy compared to the other ones. This is just like all these characters were super likable and level, lovable. But you, it's because you had other characters in contrast that you loved to hate. Like, I can't. Dude, that fucking Commissioner in that first movie sucks balls. I can't <laughs> fucking stand that guy. Every time I watch that movie... So it makes me love. The, it makes he's me a black boy. guy, right? What's that? Yeah, he's the he's the black dude. He's the one that dies in Dark Knight because he he takes yep. the drink. Yep. But he's just a dick. He's just like he so is. like he he's waits. Like, There's gonna be no vigilante in my city, even though I suck exactly. Gordon's like, I'm gonna act. This guy's like, no, we need you know, no one's getting by and doing anything without my call. I'm like, okay, if you're the guy who walks in the locker room and says, I'm the captain, you're not really the captain. So that's why things change. I love that about that movie. It's just a fun time. And plus, there's just so many iconic shots of like Batman flying and stuff. The whole moment when he when he's looking at Rachel and he's like, it's not who I am underneath. Yeah. It's what I do that defines me. Yep. And then she's like, Bruce. And then you hear that. Bram, 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 bram. And then he jumps off and starts soaring. And it's just like goosebumps, so dude. Seeing that in the cinema was amazing. It was amazing. I love it. And then yeah. no, I, love I, it. Uh, I went in that game, or I'm sorry, I went into that movie with um, no expectations because I hadn't, you know, that was the same year Revenge of the Sith came out. So my time, my attention was taken up elsewhere. This is what gave me my Batman renaissance, brought me back into the fold. I get the game, and I still think to this day that the game was really great because it took Batman's like fear aspect and really let you like implement it and how you can try to, to scare characters. And granted, the Arkham games have done that tenfold, way better now. But that was really where it was getting its kind of stuff. Yeah, it doesn't get credit because the Arkham games took it to a whole right. level. But great stuff. Um, yeah, for those of you who don't know, my favorite Batman is my favorite Batman and Bruce Wayne is Christian Bale. My favorite Commissioner Gordon is Gary Oldman. I think I think those are the my only three favorites. What is your favorite Batman film? I said mine was in Robin. So what is my your favorite yours? Batman film? Yeah. It's the Dark Knight. Okay. Well let's move I into mean, that. It's the most classic, like lame response, but it's the no. Dark Knight. No, it's yeah. it's amazing. Uh, Let's move into okay, it. Okay, so going on to the Dark Knight, Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I kind of already said, me and my friends went and saw it at midnight. I didn't know what to expect because I hadn't been following the movie. And I was sitting in the theater and I was constantly... Because, like, 
I think most people who went to the theater probably thought it was going to be good because they had followed it, but I hadn't followed it all. So I was just blown away left, right, and center constantly. It was just like scene after scene of after God tier moment after God tier moment. I was blown away. I walked out of the theater. I'm like, I think that's one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. I went and saw it r- multiple times. I saw it with Kyle uh, again. Um, I love the movie. Um, it was actually the only movie. So we talk about here on the podcast about how like we skip school for a video game. The only movie I've ever this is this is absolutely asinine, and I I, I, bet I it's think not. It's asinine. <laughs> to you it is. <laughs> I convinced my mom to let me skip school. It was high school to let me skip school to go get the DVD from Walmart the day it came out. Oh, nothing wrong with that. I've done that. And before. I went and I picked it it's up. An I got me the deluxe two disc DVD. It was before Blu-ray or yeah. before I had a Blu-ray. And I brought it home and I took spent the day off school rewatching it. And then I told my parents that night. I'm like, because they never seen it. I'm like, you need to watch this movie, The Dark Knight. It's one of the best movies you'll ever watch. And I showed my parents, and they mostly like happy movies more. And when they got done watching, they were like, it was good, but it ain't one of the best movies I've ever seen. And I was like, you guys suck, you know, because I love this movie. But, yeah, I love The Dark Knight. Um, because of the Batman coming out recently, I've been like reevaluating Batman films and stuff and like rewatching stuff. And I realized the only film that contests rewatches for me as much as Lord of the Rings has been The Dark Knight. Because mm. um, I've watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy somewhere between 50 and 100 times. The Hobbit trilogy, probably approaching 50. Um, but the Batman, or uh, the, the the Dark Knight itself is the movie I've watched the most after um, Lord of the Rings. I've watched The Dark Knight so many times. I mean, I'd say every year I watch it at least twice. Mm. And some and in the beginning, in the beginning, I watched it probably five, ten times a year because it was just like, I can't get enough of this movie. It was amazing. Um, I was disappointed that Rachel Dawes had to be com- com- uh, replaced with another character because me and Josh are on the same page. It's just, it's hard to to, 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 to suspend your disbelief sometimes when they change the actress. I think Maggie Gyllenhaal is a better actress than Katie Holmes, but from a damsel in distress pers- perspective as a man, I found myself more attracted to Katie Holmes, which sounds... <laughs> no, we're going into it one more time, Josh. It sounds misogynistic because... I'll I tell mean, Jeff probably, about this pro- at work. Go ahead. It probably, it probably is like wrong in some ways but like just being honest as a man a lot of times they put females in movies to be the damsel in distress or to be the superhero girlfriend and since we didn't find rachel doss that interesting of a character to begin with really all she had going for me was batman's love interest so them changing the actress it doesn't really matter who the actress other actress was them changing the actress made it hard to suspend disbelief and then i also was just like you know i wasn't like super attracted to Maggie Gyllenhaal, which I know is shitty that it's like, why, why does it have to matter if you're attracted to her or not? But I'm like, well, I didn't like the character. So like she doesn't have the damsel in distress aspect for me either. I'm like, yeah. you know, so I just kind of, that was one source spot of the film, but I just rewatched dark Knight a couple days ago. And I really like tried to hone in on her performance because she's one of the source spots of the movie for me. And I'm like, there's some scenes she really pulled off really well. And honestly, I don't know if I can picture Katie Holmes doing them as well. Like, you know, like that part where um, Dent's getting in the armored vehicle because he just said that he was the Batman. And she's like, you know, people are counting on you to protect, protect the city and to do it honorably. And then he kisses her and he throws her the coin and she's she looks at the coin. And she's like, you make your own luck. And I'm like, that was a really well delivered scene. And like the scene, of course, when she dies and she's like, she, she even says she's like, because Harvey's like, oh, they're going to come for you first. And she's like, I know, because she knows. 
that Bruce Wayne is Batman. She's like, she knows that Batman's going to come for her. Batman's always going to be ahead of the GCPD. And she knows that he's going to come for her first because he's in love with hilarious. her. Hilarious. So she's like hilarious in that movie. Like, I that? can't, I, well, I laughed when I watched it now. And I'm not dunking on it. But it's funny because when that moment happens, she's like, I know they're going to, like, I know. And then immediately gets, you know, Batman walks in and it's two, or it's, uh, it's, uh, Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent thank you. And he's like, no, no. <laughs> and then she's like, oh shit, I'm dead. She's yeah, like, okay. And she's like, it's okay. It's okay. I'm like, you just die. Die. <laughs> And then she dies. And that's the thing. It's like, it, 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 I think it's two, it's twofold, right? Like her death doesn't, because I'll, I'll say back when I saw it in theater, her, her, even the very first day I saw that movie in 2008, her death didn't really shock me or give me the emotional weight I think it was going for. I think it's two things. One, Rachel Dawes was just not an interesting character by any stretch of the imagination. And two, they changed her actress. So the all the the, the investment you had emotionally with her, if there was any from the first film, was was kind of saturated. Weird. Nolan made some weird issues in that trilogy, and that's honestly one of the biggest ones to me. Like, I, I mean, well, I think, I think there's more. No, I think it is. I mean, because I, I, I think wait. No, I'm saying it wasn't his fault that Katie Holmes didn't come back. That's what I'm saying. Well, no, I mean, I guess not. I mean, I don't know the story behind why that didn't happen, but she I mean, you, she she backked out of it out of his control. You he literally said he was just upset like about it. you bring a you bring a character back just to kill him off. So like you have to recast him, but then well, you just kill him but. Off. She was such an instrumental part of Begins. I think you had to, right? I mean, yeah, but his whole could, thing. And was I know, like, I, I know you. I mean, we could we've argued this to the ends of the earth before, but it's like we have. Yes, Heath Ledger. Well, I was about to. I'm prefacing. I know Heath Ledger's dead, but he's a character that shows up in one movie and then isn't even acknowledged in existence in the third fair. movie. Okay, that's fair. So. If we're gonna equivalent that to Rachel Dawes, I'll and I mean, I get that Heath Ledger's past, so I understand that aspect. But I'm just like. I, it was just a weird decision to me at the time. It was, it was okay. weird. No, I'll actually agree with you. If, if you're using the example of like Heath Ledger didn't come back for the third, so they could have just had her not come back for the second, I agree with that. But then again, it would be hard for me to picture The Dark Knight being as good of a film if you removed everything that involved her character in this. Because like, I guess you could replace it with another female love interest, but like, she kind of needs to be there for The Dark Knight. I'm not. I'm not affected. The thing I've come around to more now that I agree with you on is that. I didn't like you said before that like so many people in the movie constantly are saying like how attractive she is and I'm not even trying to dunk on her but I'm not the most attracted to her. I don't need her to be because I'm not attached to the character but when I rewatched it like yeah they say that a lot and I'm like why are you guys trying to shove down like our throats like That's she's pretty she's pretty she's pretty and it's just like stop oh, you are beautiful aren't you it's like okay stop <laughs> yeah and and Dent and uh and, and Bruce are feeding for and stuff. Although that is pretty cool. And I got to say, honestly, as much as I love Heath, I'll always love Heath. I'll always miss him. Um, man, I think, I honestly think Aaron Eckhart steals that whole movie because he just, just seeing him go from the Gotham's White Knight to Two-Face was just like, he's such a background character in a way. Like that movie is very, it's not even a Batman film. Like it really isn't. And I think that's why it works so well. But he's in he's in the background so much, and then kind of comes into the limelight near the end, and they kind of wrap that up. And he's his story's wrapped up, and it, they, we they use some of that for Dark Knight Rises. But dude, it's just Aaron Eckhart. I agree and it's disagree. Just with fucking you. awesome in that movie, and Remember I wish I he had a better movie career. I really do. Where I disagree is I do not. I definitely do not think he stole the show because I think I think it's obvious Joker showed. In my opinion, Joker stole the show. Heath Ledger stole the show. But I will say, I agree with you. Aaron Eckhart's Harvey Dent was amazing, mm -hmm. and if Joker wasn't in that movie, 
his performance alone was extremely good and extremely memorable. And I'm surprised well, he doesn't have a better film. History. Would you say? Would you say a lot of the focus in this movie is on Heath Ledger's Joker? Uh, yeah. Okay. So then, by that account, that's why I say that that he actually I feel like he stole the show because the well, the I, movie's so much focused on Joker that he gets all that attention and screen time. But Harvey Dent slash Two Face is barely like Two Face is barely in that movie. But he makes well, good in my use opinion. Of I don't I don't think you'll agree, Josh. But my opinion, I think the movie split. I think it's got three. I think it's got three main protagonists. I think it's got Batman, Harvey Dent, and Joker. I think they I each can kind of see that. But I, I mean, I yeah. I would say it's more Batman and Joker. But even then. Batman for the first hour doesn't do shit. Like in Batman Begins, he's got this whole progression of becoming like who he is. In Batman Begins, or I'm sorry, in Dark Knight, he's just for the first hour, he's just literally like at peak Batman. He's not evolving in any way. If anything, he's being challenged by the Joker, and he's just only reacting. He's not really taking. I do much. think it was cool to see him like because like that first hour you're talking about, it yeah. kind of encapsulates. It kind of crescendos with him. Going to Hong Kong, busting into that building, that Hong grabbing Kong Lao. Was great, yeah, that was so. Yeah, cool. he like, latches onto the plane and the music plays, dude. It was so. And the good. fact that they like he just brings him back and he's like, you know, deliver to Gordon, like that's yeah. just like, and everyone's fa- like, like everyone's face, like Harvey Dent's face and Commissioner Gordon's face was like, this is hilarious. Batman's dope, you know, yeah. like Batman's dope. Yeah. Um. So that's really cool, but yeah. Th- Here's the one thing, and I I'll say is I'm starting to see, especially with the release of the Batman, I'm starting to see people go. Oh, the Dark Knight wasn't that good. It's overhyped. And Josh, you might agree, disagree with me, but I'm going to stand by this forever. Yeah, you're going to die on this it. hill. Go ahead, buddy. I will die on this hill. That movie deserved every single ounce of credit it got. It absolutely deserves all the praise. It completely holds up today the same as it did then. And I personally, and it's just an opinion. I'm not saying it's fact. I'm not going to come out here and telling you guys it's a fact. It's just an opinion. I think it's one of the best movies ever made. I think it is personally. So I think it deserves all the credit personally. I think it's up there for the best comic book film ever made. I think it's a near perfect film. I love that movie even more now. Like I had not seen it in over 10 years because I had gotten my fill of it way back when it came out. I saw it a couple times in theaters, bought it like Brian did day one, Um, showed so many people that movie, you know, I got the Blu-ray version when it came out. I mean, it it looks stellar in 4k. It looks amazing, but um, I just, I was so um, engrossed in that movie and that experience that I just burnt myself out of it. Oh, so totally. Back Dude, to I revisit- did too. I didn't even mention going that. Back, me too. Going back to revisit it has been really sweet and it's been really amazing to see. And it does hold up well. Like I said, it's almost perfect. Like it's amazing. And there's so many little, little things. I mean, I haven't even really touched on Heath Leather's Joker, but dude, he's just so amazing. Adorable at times, charming uh, other times, just like, fucking crazy and out of his mind. It's one of the best performances and on film. It really is. And he he absolutely deserved that best supporting actor Oscar that he got posthumously, but he he deserved it every step of the way. I think that movie's fantastic. And I love seeing where it leads into with Dark Knight Rises. Like I just I love how it ends. I just think that's just awesome how he's got to be the villain. Also, guys, so many twists and turns in that movie. And I'm gonna say this and then we'll we'll move on to Dark Knight Rises. But there is a moment that whole train, or I'm sorry, not train, the whole semi sequence is just incredible. So little scores playing, and Batman trips the uh basically trips the semi to flipping, which yeah, it just yeah. looks incredible. And then Batman takes that motorcycle, even when he shoots out of the Batmobile with that, it looks incredible. Yep. Goosebumps. But as soon as he like rides up the wall, rotates, spins around, plants down, hilarious cool and just yeah. fucking popcorn applauding Dude, moment in the theater it was this is what the theater was like constantly it was just like this over and over again it was <gasps> <gasps> yeah. 
It was that just was like, like Pete Nolan stuff. Twist turns, all all types. And plus the movie was just like super fucking clean. There, but, are, uh, there are people, and I know I'm going to get mocked for this because people get mocked for it already. But people like to say like it's like it's like a Godfather tier film. Yeah. I do believe that. I agree. I think if you go to, and I'm not saying, and once again, it's just all opinion, but if you go to Internet Movie Database, IMDb, it is the third highest ranking film ever created. It goes Shawshank Redemption, The Godfather, The Dark Knight. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's really good. It's a it's great incredible film. movie, dude. And you know what? I don't, I, I hate seeing the whole debate with that in the Batman. Two different, completely, two completely different movies. Yeah, you movies. can love them both. And I get, I get the arguments coming from the place of the Batman's really good. So people are like, this is the first one that's on any contendable level yep. of the Dark Knight yep. since the Dark Knight. But at the same time, I'm like, man, I don't need to like, I don't go out of, I didn't really come out of that movie thinking this is as good as that. This is as good as this. I just thought this is, this so is this. a great thing. Yeah. And, uh, which we need to get to that too, Josh. Uh, yeah. We got a lot well, to say about that. let's, let's go into the rises. Yeah. Let's Ready? talk about rises. Okay. How do you feel okay. about rises? It's like you wanted to start. This is this the most? No, no, no. <laughs> we're the we're the most divided on this one. Okay, we're divided on it. But here's the truth, guys. It's as divided as me and Josh are on it. I actually, and I haven't heard everything he has to say yet. But I actually think I'm going you to. No, yeah. I'm gonna. Well, I think I'm gonna think all your opinions are mostly fair, despite me liking it a lot more. So yeah. can I go first, Josh? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So Dark Knight Rises. I was obviously, you know, Dark Knight now is four years old. I am so hyped. For the Dark Knight Rises, I'm because and I've played the Arkham games now. The Arkham games are now we're now almost we're about to get Origins, um, so I'm so hyped. I'm such a Batman fan, and I go see this at midnight, and it blew me away. I know this people listening are gonna go like, really, the Dark Knight Rises? <laughs> no, it did for me. My first showing too. We'll get to first that. showing. It blew me away, yeah. and I actually thought I might like it more than the Dark Knight for a while. For months, months later, I still thought. I might actually. I remember when Josh showed me Letterbox. I made my Letterbox account. This would have been 2011. So the movie. No, no, no. I'm sorry. That's wrong. <laughs> 2012. I got. Uh, this would have been 2013. I think when I went to put the Batman uh, my top four films, I almost I considered putting Dark Knight Rises even then a year later or so above the Dark Knight because I love the Dark Knight Rises so much. I actually saw the Dark Knight Rises in the theater five times. I saw it more. Nice. I saw it more than nice. the Dark Knight. Yeah, uh, I took my grandma to see. Brian, it. Real quick, what's the what movie you've seen the most in cinemas? I think it was. I hate this. Well, it's a. Tie, it's either a tie. I can't remember. It's. Either, I think it's Avatar. <laughs> okay, that's not bad. The movie's awesome. Well, it's it's good. It's not. I don't hate on it like others, but it's not that great in my opinion. It's good. It's good. It's like a. Fair it's enough. like a. It's good. But anyways, anyways, because um, I seen I seen Avatar either five or six times, and I saw Dark Knight Rises five. So I'm not sure. It's either tied it's neck and or... neck and neck. I got you. Yeah, it's neck and neck. But anyways, um, so, and I have one of the greatest experiences with my Grandma Kay ever for Dark Knight Rises because this is just so unexpected, guys. My grandma, in her 60s, not a nerd, not a comic book fan. Actually, she loved uh, the early superhero, or uh, Superman movies with Christopher Reeves. Reeves. Uh, but she wasn't a Batman fan, not a nerd at all. I convinced her to go to the movie theater to see Dark Knight Rises because there was one in town near the farm that she lived at. And I convinced her and my grandpa to go. And they're like, really? I don't think I'm going to like that. And I'm like, no, just trust me. It's grounded. It's more realistic. You're going to like it. So I take my grandma to see it. And, of course, she's never seen Batman Begins or The Dark Knight. So I give her this really quick lowdown before we see the movie. I'm like, okay, here's what you need to know. There's this politician named Harvey Dent. He was a really good guy. He got a bunch of criminals put in jail. But he went corrupt at the end. So Batman faked his, Batman took the blame, said that he killed him, blah, blah, blah. I just filled her in real quick. 
So we're watching the movie. My grandma's sitting next to me. My grandpa's on the other side of my grandma. So it's just me and my grandma talking through the movie. It becomes very clear less than an hour in. My grandma is completely invested in The Dark Knight Rises. She's asking me questions like, you said this, you said this. I'm like, yeah, I tell her whatever. <laughs> She's loving the movie. Um, we get to the part where Bane beats the shit out of Batman. And my grandma goes, is he going to lose? Why He's supposed to be Batman. Why is he losing? I'm like... Yeah, my grandma just wait just for watch. it. Like he's got, he's got to have you know. Really, what I want to say is like grandma. All good stories have like the rise, the fall, and then the rise. Like you have to have the climax, and all that stuff. But anyways, so she's like sad that he's getting beaten up and all that. And we get to the end of the film, and you know, Batman comes back and he's beating Bane up, and finally he's getting that. My grandma's getting so hyped, she's getting so excited. <laughs> and we get to the part at the end where he takes the bomb out with the bat over the bridge, and it assumedly blows up. And there's the funeral scene with. Michael Caine and I found you I found you you know and my grandma's like my grandma looks like she's about to cry and she goes Brian he he's not really dead is he he's not really dead is he and I have to think I have to think lightning fast in that moment do I want to tell my grandma six minutes before it's revealed that he's not dead that he's not dead and and ruin the 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 moment for her or do I want to lie and tell her grandma he's really dead and I'm like, what's the right decision? And in that moment, I go, I got to tell her he's dead because I can't ruin the yep. moment for her. So I yeah. go, I go, I go, yeah, Grandma, he's, it's the last movie, he's dead. And she goes, oh, she looks like she's about to cry. <laughs> and then we get to that final scene where the music's like, you know, Hans Zimmer's coming in. It's like, dun, dun, it's coming in. It's building, it's building up. It's like, I can't even like imitate it. It's like that, that, huh, huh, like kind of builds. <laughs> yeah. It's like building. And it's like it's showing like Joseph Gordon Lovett. It's showing like all this stuff. You see Michael Caine coming in the restaurant. Michael Caine looks up. He's got that look. I'm getting chills thinking about this moment, dude. I just felt chills over my body. This is crazy. <laughs> he looks over and it pans over and it shows Christian Bale still alive. My grandma jumps out of the seat in the dark movie theater and she goes, <gasps> and she claps. She goes, you lied. And she was so happy. She was so happy that oh, Batman man. wasn't dead. This and it was this amazing moment that I had with my grandma. Yeah. And it's funny because we end up leaving the theater. My grandma says it's one of the best movies she's ever seen. Oh, hell yeah. And my grandpa, he goes, my grandpa has really bad hearing. He has to have hearing aids, and he didn't bring his hearing aids. And my grandpa goes, you know, I didn't really like that movie, but Catwoman was nice. (laughs) (laughs) And my grandma goes, oh, yeah, I'm sure she was real nice for you, wasn't she? You know, because she's in a skin-tight little suit. But, yeah, so that's one of my – That's I have this great memory. That's actually cool to know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I took took my grandma. I took several friends to see Dark Knight Rides. Like I said, I saw it five times. Yeah. Loved the movie. I thought I liked it better than Dark Knight for a while. Um, And and honestly, I'll fight with people all day long about this. For a few months, people just thought it was a great movie that wasn't as good as Dark Knight but managed to complete the trilogy – well, like I, the internet discourse was that it was good for for the beginning. Uh, as the years went on, people kept picking it apart more and more and more until eventually, now it's just seen as a crap film by most people. Which I think I think saying it's a crap film is obnoxiously stupid because that's not true at all, in my opinion. Um, I can definitely see how people can say that it was a letdown and has all these problems. But anyways, to uh, pass it over to Josh here soon. Um, as the years have went on and I've watched it more and I've seen people's criticisms. I've had to be honest with myself and say, you know what? I love this film. It's really good to me, but a lot of these criticisms are fair. Well, once again, I'll say, people saying it's a crap movie, get out of here, because that's just being hyperbolic. <laughs> that's people saying, like, oh, the prequels were just all trash. People are either, um, like, masterpiece or crap. Yeah, <laughs> like no, two, no. Two levels. It's, still, it's still a good movie, even if it's disappointing to you, it has problems. But, yeah, as the years have went on, you know, um, 
And I'll, I'll get, I'll address this real quickly because me and jo- this is me and Josh's biggest like disagreement. Um, but I'm sure you're not alone. Uh, Josh thinks that the omission of the Joker and and no acknowledgement of him in this film is really off-putting and just doesn't make sense. I don't feel that way necessarily as much. It, it didn't really bother me. I felt like he was resolved enough. But to be fair, we do know behind the scenes the original intent was for him to be in this film as well. But he died, so that's one of Josh's major points. But getting aside from that. Uh, a lot of the criticisms with the film revolve around like the whole uh, big bomb to blow up the city, um, uh, Talia al Ghul twist not being that great. Her death scene is one of the worst. Death scenes <laughs> it's so cin- badly acted. It's, it's one of the so worst bad. death scenes in cinematic history. Yeah. Um, Bane kind of goes out on a limp note after being such a hard ass yeah. the whole film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the whole like you know. You know, obviously the college humor Batman stuff has made fun of this, so it's it's brought the criticism up higher. But it's the whole like. Her whole plan was she hated Bruce Wayne. She's going to kill him in a city, but she sleeps with him before she turns on him. So it's like, you know, the college humor thing is like, you know, she's like, but we totally had sex. And it's like, if this is your idea of revenge, sign me up for another. It's like, (laughs) why did you sleep with me if you hate me? You know, um, but I guess that's one way of going about, you know, lots of little criticisms about, you know, him being taken to the pit. Which is supposed to be like the Lazarus Pit, but it's instead of Liam Neeson, instead of instead of uh, like Roger Ghoul throwing yeah. himself in it and getting eternal life, it's a prison, mm-hmm. and he has to climb his way out. Uh, you know, people thought Catwoman wasn't nearly as good as, especially Michelle Pfeiffer. Let alone just they thought she was. The, some people thought she was cringe or whatever. The the fight choreography was never up to par for people. Like, there's actually one scene in Dark Knight Rises where once you see it, you can't unsee it. Uh, Batman takes on like five, six dudes, and one of the dudes never gets hit by Batman, but he reacts to several punches and falls over. Oh, I've not seen that. Oh boy. Yeah, it's it's at the part where he gets with Joseph Gordon Levitt near the end, and they let the cops out, oh, trapped yeah. underground. Uh, like six guys come up and fight, and the one dude's just like, oh, oh, and he falls over. And at no point does Batman even appear to look like he made contact. Oof. He just falls over. Yikes. So. There's lots of fair criticisms there, and I get it. I think for most people, it's the worst in the trilogy. I think for me, I probably i I love all three films like they're all good, but my least favorite probably begins. And I acknowledge. I think most people's are nowadays. Although, yeah, I mean, you're right. I do see more people dunk on Rises now, which yeah, I both like get, but then I also like. I'm like, that's too harsh. So I do think yeah, it's so, a good film. I do think. Go ahead, finish. I'm sorry. I'll say the moments, the moments that stand out for me, um, the moment where Batman first comes back, which is like 50 minutes into the film, where the police officer's like, you're going to be in for a real show tonight, boys, because he's got like a new cop with him, and Batman shows up out of the darkness, and he takes out some dudes and chases Bane, and then the cops decide to all chase Batman instead. I thought that scene was cool. Uh, the, the, the opening scene with Bane, like, crashing this plane, amazing scene. They yeah. actually crashed a plane in real life to do that. Yeah, amazing insane. scene. Uh, you know, I love the little finger from Game of Thrones, like you know, shooting him. Bane's like, perhaps he's wondering why you would shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane. It's like just so many awesome Bane moments. <laughs> I lost, love it. Just spawns so many quotes. Like it's so what Joker spawned for like Edge Lords from yeah. Dark Knight. That's then you got Bane impersonators everywhere for Dark. Everywhere, Knight. yeah. Uh, and I, I loved Bane. I loved like the me- how menacing he felt when I first saw him in theater. Like there's the whole scene where he's in the sewer, and uh, he, the, he shoots. He's molded by it. Well, there's that too, but I'm talking about where the the two dudes bring Gordon or uh, Commissioner Gordon down, mm. and he shoots one of his own people, and then he points to this other guy, and he's like, 
I want you to call his cell phone, and then I'm going to kill you. He's just like, I'm going to kill you after this. Yeah. And then the guy's like terrified, and he calls him, and then, yeah, Bane just shoots him. It's like, okay, wow, this dude's like... To be you know, definitely to be as 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 uh, Alfred would say, he's like he's not someone to be trifled with, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the bat the man, I love this movie so much. Um, the the scene between, I know it gets made fun of too, but I think the scene where Bane and Batman fight one on one, and Batman gets his ass whooped. I think that scene's badass. Oh my god, I love, I love that moment. That moment I, in the theater had I've never, I I don't know if I've ever experienced a more quiet theater. Than oh, when yeah. that scene plays, it's like I mean, like, no score, just them two fighting, and the theater just kind of knowing, knowing that something's happening. Yeah. You know, I've not even felt that with Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. I mean, it was awesome. It was it was insane what was happening. Just a, a power um, shift. I loved I loved Catwoman. Uh, I know some people didn't like her. I, I loved Anne Hathaway's Catwoman. I thought she was cool. I liked the grounded take on her. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the bat, like the the vehicle, the flying vehicle. I thought it was a little too out there for a Christopher Nolan's trilogy, but it was okay. Um, you know, the I'd say the weakest part of the film probably is the 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 whole. For me, I'd say the weakest part of the film probably is that we're supposed to believe that after the Dark Knight. Uh, Bruce Wayne decides to just be a recluse for eight years. He takes all of his company money, company's money, and puts it into a energy saving. What ends up being an atomic bomb, uh, and then Wayne Enterprises is basically like low key going out of business from no money. And then at the end, that whole like because that's the thing is like right like it's it's telling us what happened during the eight years. It's not showing us. It's telling us. So it's basically low key what it's saying is we want to have a bomb plot at the end. You know what I mean? Like it's like we we introduce this so we can have a bomb plot at the end, and that was kind of weak. It's a bit know, of the hair, like, yeah. Uh, bomb is being uh, 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 I, the trigger man, an ordinary citizen. And it's like it's not an ordinary citizen. It's literally Talia al Ghul, and it's also not that interesting. Mm. Um, and then, but I do like the whole like um, the whole scene with Bane reading off Gordon's letter. He's like. You know, uh, you know, my son, or you know, I, I, the very man who tried to kill my son, I propped him up as a hero to my shame, and and told this lie, and you know, and then Bane's like, take back, take back your city. It's like so, it's so silly, but <laughs> you it's sound so like good. Specter when you say it, I love it. Uh, it's, to me, so yeah, I don't know. Movie's got problems. I love it to death. You can tell I'm getting excited just talking about it. Uh, love the movie, um, but and and I'm gonna give it to Josh here so we can talk about Dark Knight Rises, but. Or you mean after that, the Batman? Let me say, let me say, the Dark Knight trilogy is my second second favorite trilogy of all time behind Lord of the Rings. Well, and the Hobbit because I love the Hobbit. Um, I love these movies, and to me, I still love the entire trilogy more than the Batman. Even though the Batman has really tested my resolve on that, and we're going to talk about that because the Batman is so good. But after rewatching. All three of the Dark Knight trilogy, and rewatching, the, I've seen the Batman three times now. Uh, I, I can say with honesty that the, the Batman trilogy, the Dark Knight trilogy, is just special to me. Those are my favorites. Those are my favorite Batmans. I love them. Josh, what do you think about Dark Knight Rises? I went on forever. <laughs> no, you're, good. you're good. Oh man, uh, I like it. I don't know. I loved it when it first came out. I didn't like it for the last couple years. And I've warmed up to it since. I'm about to rewatch that one. I'm at a pretty middle ground with that movie. And for reasons Brian and I have talked about off air. But 
my okay my biggest it's just a weird nolan made so many weird choices at this point in his life it's because so i already mentioned the aforementioned rachel dawes thing but then in this movie batman starts out in retirement he comes out of retirement and then he goes back in retirement snip snap snip snap you know it's just like well if you think about it too like in the dark knight which takes place six months after batman begins his whole thing is like i want to quit being batman yeah like you just started i do think those seeds were planted in dark knight and i do think because of Heath's passing i do think that he had to take that leap in time to get away from that aspect since he wasn't gonna you know acknowledge the joker stuff he wanted to take a gap in time which is probably the best thing he could have done but it's just it's just weird on paper when you look at when you look at that it just goes back and forth and back and but um and then obviously i'm just getting the bad stuff out of the way but like the joker omission it's more glaring now than ever like back in the day i just wanted to to feel heath's presence somehow some way in that movie still i just i missed him and i wanted to feel that even if even if he was acknowledged i think one of the i think the novelization mentions that when all the prisoners from blackade are being released their jokers in there but they left his door locked because they were like we're not we're not opening that one that one's a well bad i think one. i think it's tough right because i think i even even though i don't feel the way josh does where it's like a, a glaring omission for me i would have i wouldn't have mind if they had have mentioned the joker once and maybe show That's an image problem. of him. It's just like you show you show Harvey Dent's picture. Yeah. And so much of the reason why everything is the way it is is because of what the Joker did, how the Joker changed him, the effect the Joker had on the city. But n- he just doesn't get acknowledged at all. Well, what and I was about to say, Josh, is just, I feel like I have to interrupt you. I was just going to say that um, Nolan said before the film came out that he was he was he was not purposely not going to acknowledge right. Heath at all in this film. Right. He did come out and say that. But I'm just like, man, nowadays now, like all the more is so glaring to me because every other character from the previous two movies has either a reference, a mention or a cameo appearance. Rajal Ghul, you know, you have Scarecrow showing up. You have so many other characters that all make an appearance. He's the only one that doesn't. And it's so weird because this movie, everything, the, the state of this movies, the state of Gotham is because of what Joker did in the last movie. But you don't. Mention them. That's so weird. To it would have been cool, Josh, if they they had just had a scene where like when all the Blackgate prisoners get like released, yeah, they like do a shot where they show like a prison cell that's been opened, and the prison cell has like ha ha ha's and stuff all over the wall. That show that like what? Joker's out. I don't. I was gonna say I don't know if you know this, Brian, but they had concept art when they originally thought of having him cameo in the movie, where it was a shot from his back in Blackgate, and they just walked past his door. They put that in the novelization. But they literally just yeah. go they go by his door and you see a shot from his back just sitting there and they don't open it. And then I think he just has a, a close up of his face and he smiles and that was it. And well, I, one thing to I me, can it's say like, is I think, I think they were just trying to be respectful, you know? Well, they, had if they didn't maybe need to do that. But it just makes it gl- it's one of those things. It's like, look, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. I get it. But it just makes it more glaring nowadays. It's like literally, okay, I don't know, but first example that comes to mind. It's like going into The Last Jedi and I mean it's grand granted, it's uh, Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren's dead. Uh, Adam Driver dies in real life, so suddenly Adam Driver's just not there anymore, and you're like, "Well, that's different." It's not because he's literally the he's the antagonist of that movie. The Joker was the antagonist. He I says really we're going to do this. Kyle Ren's the villain through all three. Yeah, but but I mean, it, but still, I mean, you still, you, it's just it drives me. I would think more like for me, more of an example I would think of is like you get to Revenge of the Sith and you never see Count Dooku again. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That and they just like they don't acknowledge him. They're like he never existed. It's so weird to me, but. I think the reason why that's also such an issue is because the time gap. So much has changed. Gotham looks the same, but like 
Some, uh, so then uh, so then there's this new Gotham cop. looks the same as the Dark Knight, but we didn't even touch on that. The Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises look nothing like the Gotham of Batman Begins. Exactly. But granted, to be fair, I do kind of rationalize that more now that Batman Begins mostly focused on the slums in Gotham. We didn't True. really actually get to see more of the city. But but OK, but but so then you have this like new beat cop who is like really cool, reveals himself to be like, hey, man, uh, you saved an orphanage. I was a part of big fan of you been a big fan the whole my whole life and uh i'm here to help however i can but what was cool is that like he just comes out of nowhere to me and i'm just like come on what, what are you, what I are you think doing the way they thought that they, they were hoping the audience would read it is it's been eight years he was much younger when dark knight happened. and you're right you're totally that's totally valid but it just again it drives me nuts because it's like a character that's already established no reference however a character that's never been introduced before is like an important integral part of this story that supposedly had been there all along in certain ways. Well, could you say I, the same for Bane then by that logic or am I wrong? You could, you could, I mean, you could definitely do that because with the whole um, league of shadow stuff, that's a valid argument. But anyway, what I was going to say that I do like that was a big mic drop moment was I'm sitting in the theater with my friend, Eric, and he goes up and he talks to the lady, this, uh, this guy, Jessica Gordon-Levitt's character. And then she's like reading off and she mentions Robin. She name drops him. As soon as that moment happens, him and I literally looked at one another with our jaws open in excitement. Like, holy shit. He referenced Robin. The, amazing. Amazing. And then it gets to that scene where he's like spelunking, you know, he's going into the, the cave and everything shot. like that. And I'm just like, oh my God, are they going to give us like a Dick Grayson, like Nightwing type spinoff? And we, we don't. But I was just like, that's such a cool setup. And, and thank you, Nolan, for giving us that even though you've not done anything with it. Like, thank you. I just love that he at least he at least teased that. And honestly, nowadays, I would like, hey, 10 years from now even, if if I would love for WWE to be like, hey, do you want to make that movie now? And he's like, no, but maybe he'd say yes. I, I'd love for him to say yes. I don't think like it'll happen. Like I want to be clear. Go- Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah, I want to be clear. I don't think it's going to happen, but I just would love you with know. the time gap that's happened to get that movie. Just one movie. But The Dark Knight Rises is fun, super quotable, you know, um, I mean, what a lovely, lovely voice, you know, so many <laughs> yeah, great right. lines in that fucking movie. And uh, you think you're on charge? We got our boy Mendo in there. Fucking yeah. Orson Krennic. Oh, man. And the, the you know, the dude that's with um, Orson Krennic actor, you know, the guy that's with him. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy is like a creep ass in Game of Thrones during the scene. You remember Craster's Keep, the... Remember Craster's Keep in Game of Thrones? He's the guy that has... He sleeps with all of his own daughters, and he has babies with all of his own daughters. Be- the old dude? Beyond the Wall. What's that? The old dude? The old dude that's beyond the wall. Man, I'm blanking. Craster's Keep. I'm blanking. Yeah, but anyways, the guy that's with Orson Krennic's actor in... Um, Man- Man- Mendo. Sorry. <laughs> Call Mendo. Yeah. The guy that's with him in Rises is in Game of Thrones, like season four... In that Crasher's Keep area, and I always can't see him as like, oh, I got you. Gotcha. You were Daggett Industries, <laughs> but that movie's still a lot of fun. It's got that sense of hope and optimism. And although I don't feel like the ending with Catwoman is earned, I love it because Catwoman's my favorite DC character. So I yeah. love that he gets with way her. better than Rachel Dawes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I'm not even the biggest Anne Hathaway fan. I mean, I'm indifferent to her is where I'm at. That's my stance. I like her, but um, I enjoyed her enough as Catwoman. But at the end of it, when they're together, I'm like, that's what I want. I always want Batman and Catwoman together. But I'm like, man, I didn't get enough of this. It's weird that like he has this long-standing crush on Rachel Dawes, his childhood friend. Goes in the eight years, and a lot can happen in eight years for sure. But then 
he meets this girl and immediately gets with her. However, to be fair, to argue against myself, dude totally smashed Talia and barely knew her. So I don't know. And, and granted, he's you know that was the Bruce, Bruce Wayne side of him. The, the blood rushes well, down. Yeah, I understand too. Out. It wasn't until the beginning of the Dark Knight Rises that he knew he found out that Rachel didn't want to be with him. And that's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. But I mean, I love that ending. I think it's amazing. I, I think honestly, my my favorite moments from that movie is honestly, the last thing I'll say is I love the Michael Caine like anecdote about how he would take a vacation, go to that place, always yep. hope he just sees him there, and then he finally does. I just think that's so beautifully done. It yep. Dark Dark Knight Rises does best, honestly, is it just concludes that trilogy. Like I don't think beginning beginning up to that end, there's some hit and miss stuff. I, I I mostly enjoy it, honestly. The reason I the stuff the reasons I don't are more so because of the omissions. So honestly, on its own merits, the only issues I really have with it is again Gotham's way too sterile, and the coming out of retirement, going into it, or, or going into retirement, out of retirement, in retirement. That's just a little crazy. But it's insane after you watch the Batman, just how much Gotham has zero personality in Dark Knight. Yeah. So, but but I love the ending because it sets up a new Batman basically, and then it also just gives him a happy ending, which I just think is so cool and it was so fitting. And even though I walked out of that theater wanting more, I was like, man, they don't need to. Like this really did bookend it so well, and it's so hard to close out a trilogy, but they did. So, Brian, the Batman. Okay, actually, Josh, I feel like I went on such a uh, long rant about Dark Knight Rises. Why don't you give us all your feelings about okay. the Batman? Okay. <laughs> okay, Brian. Um, man, the Batman was a movie that everyone started talking about and coming out saying masterpiece. Guys, I fucking hate when people call movies masterpiece. Me too. If someone says it's a masterpiece... I immediately lose respect for that person. Do I sound condescending as fuck? Yes. And I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be an asshole. It bugs the shit out of me because this is people's levels nowadays. If a movie's good, if a movie's, if people feel like come out of a movie feeling like it's a damn good movie and they were moved, masterpiece. If it's just okay, I had fun. And then if they didn't like it, doesn't mean it's bad. If they didn't like it, shit. Boy, they Trash, fucked up. Garbage. Crap. And it's just like the 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 lack <laughs> of actual connective like like conversation is not even happening anymore because social media, Twitter's character limit has taken people from like what was it? I don't know, 160 characters, whatever it is. People are just like one word masterpiece, shit. And I just can't stand. It. There's nothing stimulating or gratifying about that that I can take from and chew on, unless you just want to circle jerk how much you love the movie. And don't get me wrong, I'll do that all day, but. I saw that happening with this movie, and I immediately got put off. And I was like, "Oh God, are the Edge Lords going to be like? If the Edge Lords like this, I'm going to be either middle ground." Because sometimes I don't agree with that stuff; other times I do. But I went in to see it, and I was really enjoying it. Once it was over, okay. As I'm watching the movie, I think I like it. I'm like, "Okay, I really like this movie." I come out of it, and the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I realize. I love this movie. The reason why I only really liked it was because I was more concerned with having to hold my piss through a three-hour film. Once I it's was clear one. and I went into the restroom and pissed, I was like, oh, my God. I love it. I love it. But honestly, this is an awesome film. I love getting to see – I'm just going to like kind of run through this stuff, right? I love getting to see a Bruce Wayne who can't stand being in his own skin. That's why you barely see him as Bruce Wayne in this movie. He looks just visibly discomforted. 
discomforted every time he's being Bruce Wayne. Um, and this is a like year two Batman. This this is like like yeah, you had Nolan get that origin and stuff, and I love the origins of that. But this is like we're not going to do an origin story. We're just going to jump two years into him being this, and he's super young. So this is a Batman who grows, who, who almost not by choice grows into being uh, uh, Gotham's hero, Gotham's knight, as opposed to just outright deciding I can be this person for these people. He doesn't do it for that. He does it because of his family. And this whole movie gives you so much time to invest and get to understand this Gotham's seedy underbelly between Carmine Falcone um, and the penguin, and just one. Of, I forget the other guy's name. Maroni, that was already yes, yes. Out. Thank you. So you get so much time with these characters. So much is fleshed out through each act that by the end of it, everything felt rewarding and paying off. Like in one sense, can I see that the pacing was long? Yes, but boy, did it pay off for me. I actually don't think the problem was with that. So I never had really any. Issues I actually with that. felt this movie's length a lot. I thought it felt very long. I do too. I do think it felt long, but I felt it all paid off. But that's not saying I think it's a masterpiece because it did feel long. If I'm feeling it, that's kind of an issue in of itself. Yeah, but I don't think this movie is anywhere close to a masterpiece, but I do love it. I love. This I movie. think it's damn good, but I don't. I wouldn't say it's a masterpiece. I don't say a lot of movies are a masterpiece, though. So to be clear for you guys listening, but really good movie. Um, I thought Colin Farrell did great. I can't stop quoting him. Take it easy, sweetheart. I can't, I can't stop quoting him. I love him so much. What do you got, good um, cop, batshit cop? Yeah. <laughs> um, a little weird that Penguin, um, that they, they just let Penguin go after uh, the fact that like he just blew up a ton of cars on the street, basically. You know, and they, But they're like, hey, we're going to let you go because we're, we're trying to hunt down the Well, Riddler. at that point, but, uh, all the cops and everything were under Falcone. You're right. And, and then what's hilarious, though, is in that same moment as he's walking away, and he's like, you're just going to leave me here? He literally waddles like waddles a like penguin. a penguin. Oh, I loved it! I loved it. It was but perfect. My favorite moment in the entire film had to be had to have been when they when when he starts revving the Batmobile and it gets its first appearance. The Batmobile. Matt Reeves amazing. said he paid homage to Christine, and I don't know if any of you guys have seen that movie, but you will if you've seen that movie, you feel it in that moment. And damn, did he nail that horror element! And I got like this a mix between like Christine and Death Proof, just in that brief moment where he's revving it up, and I loved it. And Justin and Jeff hated the scene where he goes off the ramp. The ramp kind of shows itself, and he just goes off it. I loved it. Loved but, it. But they didn't like that, um, to their defense. But um, I thought Zoe Kravitz, I'm not like I'm indifferent to her, but I thought she was a great Catwoman. Favorite Catwoman. My favorite since Michelle Pfeiffer, personally. So, yeah, definitely get that. Um, she was wonderful in there. The score paid such homage to Batman Returns, the score, which I've not seen a lot of people say, and Dude. that's been really weird to me. That theme. Dun, 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 oh man, dun. so good, so good. So it hits so hard, but there and like, the upside like, down oh. scene of him walking towards the penguin. Oh, oh, amazing, after the amazing. Car chase. There are so many shots they put in the trailer that I'm like, I wish I hadn't seen because if you guys had just left, oh yeah, movie. they ruined it. Yeah, but but they got to show something. But man, the score that like there's the Catwoman theme that like pays such homage to the return stuff. I love it. I love it. Michael Giacchino is honestly the new John Williams. He really is. He does everything now, mm-hmm. and John Williams used to do everything, but um. I love that movie as a whole. I think the action, like just when the film seems like at different points, seems like it's going to get slow. Action scene gets thrown in, goes into the club, fights, goes on top the uh, in the arena, fights. You know, and then in the beginning he fights. And this is what I like too is like right in the beginning, the the dude he saves is like, please don't hurt me. And Batman just looks at him. And again, we're seeing 
a Batman that is not there for the people. He's there for his own agenda. But yeah. by the end of the movie, he becomes something more and realizes that... He becomes that a symbol the, of the, hope at exactly, the end. Exactly. The they're like scared of him. That symbol takes on a whole different meaning. And we see that happen in the moment when he comes down, he cuts the cable, comes down, gets up, and he goes and a helping hand extends outward yeah. to help the new mayor the, the, and the, the kid. The new mayor is like afraid to take it. Yeah, and takes it and he starts, and then he holds up the the light and he starts leading the people to freedom, to safety. And then when that woman's holding on to him and he's looking down, he's holding on to her comfortingly. That, to me, all that, like the last 15 minutes of all that stuff where he's being like a savior, that to me was the moment where I was like, everything that's come prior feels like it paid off because I didn't realize as I was watching the movie that we were seeing a Batman that was going to get to this point. I didn't yep. know where it was going. So, but the fact that that's where it took us made me appreciate that Batman that was kind of like apathetic and very self-interested before. Now I'm like, okay, I can't wait to see what they do with the next one when he's evolved. Like, for example, we see him jump in a squirrel suit. It drove me nuts. When he's like literally running down a wall rather than gliding, it drove me nuts. The fact that he doesn't use gadgets drove me nuts. But that's because I'm used to the other Batmans. If in the Batman 2 or whatever they call it, if he starts using this stuff because we're seeing a more uh, an older one, a more evolved Batman, and he's starting was, to do that stuff, then I'm going to It was strange that he used like the squirrel suit because I'm like, Nolan's whole thing was to keep Batman grounded, and he found a way to make it look natural. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like, like, I, I'm not, I guess I don't hate it. It's just, again, it goes back to this is a very young Bruce. Him waking up in the GCPD look- surrounded by cops was badass. I like oh, that. Dude. Oh, my God. And what's up with that skinny PP motherfucker who was like the, the chief dude who was like, hey, man, listen here, motherfucker. Oh, you coming in here? voice? You coming in here and you messing with me? You trying me? I couldn't. He wanted to be Are the godfather so bad. By my voice? Oh, my God, dude. That dude, he made me laugh. <laughs> he made me laugh. So hard. Nothing is wrong with having that voice. But it's just so funny because this character, team, like, who's, yeah, exactly, is supposed to be. What I love, I love, I love like when, when, like. Pattinson just got angry, like when he's in that GCPD cell, and he punches the cop, and he's like, "I got you for assaulting an officer." He's like, yeah. <laughs> "Make," he's like, "Let's make it three. That's yeah. what Batman says. Okay. Like, oh, Last cool. moment I want to say that I that I can think of is, and now spoilers. You guys have already had to have seen this because you know we're talking about it. But uh, I'm just gonna say spoilers. So you know, pause it here or something. I too late for that. Man. It I know. Spoiled. But there is a moment when he goes to see the Riddler, and he's talking to him, and the Riddler's calling him Bruce Wayne, and he's thinking. That so good. he thinks he's he thinks that the Riddler has figured out his identity, and then he realizes he's not. He doesn't still doesn't know who he, he tells is. So much with his eyes, dude. He does so much with it. He acts with his eyes and that. And Rob did so good. I love Rob. I love you, Rob, so much. And um, and honestly, Paul Dano did amazing. So he did the second best villain job I've ever seen uh, in a Batman film since Heath's. Like I just I loved his acting, his scaling. Um, woof. Scary character. I love Paul, I love Paul Dano before this movie came out. Oh, he looks prisoners, like he could play John Lennon. Prisoners, he could totally Paul play John Dano. Lennon. Oh, and then prisoners. Brian, real quick, I gotta ask. I'll just pa- I'm gonna use this to pass it over to you. Final thoughts. Okay. Love this movie. It's only gotten better. I came out like thinking it was anywhere from like a 2.5 to a 3.5 in my head. I'm settled at like a 3.5. I love it like a four, 4.5. It has well, kicked off a nostalgic train of my love of Twilight. Uh, so I'm literally rereading the first book. I rewatched Twilight the other day, Brian. I'm on I saw New Moon, and I'm like, man, I love this. I've loved you, Robert Pattinson, so much. I got such I've a only seen the on first him. Twilight because I had a crush on a girl in high school that 
that wanted me to watch it. So I watched it, and Justin made fun of me. Made fun of me for years about this. Justin was joking she about lo- Twilight. She loaned me like, Justin. I'm a Twilight. <laughs> she loaned me her copy of Twilight, yeah. and I went home and watched it because I had a crush on her. And I came back telling her it was a really good movie, and I I convinced myself I believed that because I liked her. And then after it fell through with that girl, I was like, I don't really like Twilight. And Justin made fun of me for years. For oh man, and I'm not you know a hater. I'm just saying I never no. Really it's liked okay. I think the first, the best one's the first one, but I mean, it's it's kind of niche in its own way. I've only seen um, the first two. I think I saw the second one too. Maybe. It's at a point now where it's like I love them. I've all, I love them like I always have, but I can laugh at them now too, but in a good way. Yeah. It's just like prequel memes and stuff like that. But what I was gonna say is to pass it over to you. We get a cameo of the Joker. And Jeff hated it. Oh, dude. Hated it. I was going to say this before you brought it up. So take us there and then bring us back. Referring back to what Josh said about being hyperbolic, I might be hyperbolic right now. That scene was trash. (laughs) Garbage. I don't think people like it. Garbage. I don't think people like it I'm going to tell you exactly what it felt like. It felt like your most run-of-the-mill, B-tier, poor-quality, post-scene credit uh a scene it it felt like i was watching and i this isn't my original thought someone else said it and i'm copying them i don't remember who said it it felt like the post-credit scene from the original venom with woody harrelson <laughs> that was pretty bad was, it was awful as soon as i saw i remember from a distance i was like is that fuck-ass woody harrelson i said that in the theater and then <laughs> it was awful dude. i was like dude, so, I was so mad. matt reeves matt reeves spends night nearly three hours convincing me that he is an amazing director with an amazing vision, and he is. And then he drops that Joker scene, and I ask myself, were you sick that day? Were you on crack? <laughs> that scene does nothing to improve the film. It's out of left field, and it's shit. And I'm so sick of the Joker, and I cannot stand Barry Cogan as an actor. I can't stand him. Is that who him. played him? Yeah, I cannot stand him. Look this guy up. Right He's in Eternals. And he's in A Killing of a Sacred Deer. Can't stand him. Very cool. He has the most punchable face in Hollywood. Huh. I'll have to look him up later. But no, the one thing, I mean, I'm, I'm indifferent the, to it. Worst scene of the film is that. That's I'm indifferent to it. I can understand that. I think the way I rationalize it is that it was trying to show, like you have the, the supposed Arkham show that's going to be coming out. And I think that was less a nod to the sequel and more a nod to that show. Well, did you... I feel like you have to mention this, Josh. Did you hear about the cut scene from this movie? No. Uh, there was supposed to be a scene like an hour prior in the film with Barry Cogan's Joker. It was oh. filmed. It got oh, cut. Yeah. It was supposed to be Batman's having trouble finding the, who the Riddler is, so he goes to Arkham to talk to the Man, Joker Man, how do you guy. spell that dude's name? Uh, it's B-A-R-R-Y. B-A-R-R-Y. How do you spell his last and name? Cogan's like K-O-E-G-H-A-N. No way. That dude from Eternals? Yep. Druig. No way. Yeah. What? But there was supposed to be a scene earlier in the film where Batman goes to him for help on how to figure out who the Riddler is. But they cut that scene from the film. Also, he's not actually the Joker yet, Matt Reeves said. He is the proto-Joker, as in the character who becomes the Joker but has not become it yet. Jesus Christ. That's what he said. Those are his own words. Proto-Joker. Yeah. Yeah, that was a shit. I, I, you know, I enjoyed the moment just because it was showing that the Riddler was like just going further into insanity. I do, it I do like the part where the Riddler's like a friend, a friend. Yeah, He's exactly. Like, and it yeah, further cemented that like he legitimately thought the Batman was, was his, his ally. 
Yeah. You know, and the movie swerves you with that. You thought darkness that. was your ally. <laughs> also, also, I love the Iceberg Lounge. I just thought it looked really oh, cool. Oh, Iceberg Lounge. Awesome. Yeah. Arkham, Arkham game moments right there. Yeah. Such you great know. stuff. What do you think uh, overall okay. of the movie, Brian? Yeah. To give you my thoughts overall so we can get out of here quickly enough. Uh, I loved this movie so much. My first viewing, and I think Josh, whether Josh directly said this or not, I think he was low-key saying it. We're on the same page. Going into this movie, I think I had my guard up because I was already disgusted by all the people calling it a masterpiece. Yep. I was like, shut the hell up. It's Just stop. So I watched the movie, and I was watching it. And honestly, the first 45 minutes of the movie, I thought, did he just create the best Batman movie? I thought, first 45 minutes, I'm like, this is freaking amazing. The music, the atmosphere, the the city, Batman himself, the detective work. Um, and as the film went on, I was like... Okay, this movie is a badass. It's awesome, but no, no, this isn't. This is not. This is not a masterpiece. And and for me personally, it's not the best Batman film. Um, I think I think the third act was the weakest act of the film. I don't think it was bad. And I oh, also agree with Josh. I also agree with Josh. That last fifteen minutes where it like sums up that he's now becoming a symbol of hope. Yeah, it was amazing, and that, that needs to be there. But I felt like the whole flood the city plot felt unneeded. That was the lowest. That was crazy. Point for, yeah, crazy. Yeah, that was the lowest point for me. Though I don't think it was bad, and I still enjoyed it. Like I'm not saying the flood the city plot was bad. I just thought wasn't needed. I thought the him pulling the like the the venom or adrenaline out to shoot into his leg so that he could come back. That felt like I felt like we were missing a scene. Like I feel like I'm channeling my oh, Josh Hargis here. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm channeling my Josh Hargis here because <laughs> I'm like, okay, is that not a stat? That wasn't established anywhere else in the film. That he even had that. And then when it happens, it's so out of left field that he pulls it out, and then we don't even know what it is. So I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. Um, but ultimately, uh, the second this film started, the very first shot of you seeing, like, um, the binocular viewpoint of... Oh, yeah, the... The Riddler. Yeah. And then when you see the shot of, like, the mayor, and then the light flashes, and behind him is just Paul Daniels in there... Yeah, that was badass. It badass. got some serious Zodiac vibes. Have you ever yeah. seen Zodiac? I have not. Also, but I know everyone's mentioned about. this already. The movie feels like Seven a lot, which is an awesome. Film. I've heard that. Kind of, yeah, I've heard uh, that Seven and Zodiac and Christopher Nolan's Batman had a baby. That's kind of what it feels like to me. <laughs> um, but the whole the detective work, um, Pattinson's eye movements, the way he keeps quiet and just shows but doesn't tell, is amazing. Paul Dano's Riddler's amazing. I love when he would just be like. Paul Dino just be talking and he, like normal, and he would be like, like, how would he do it? He'd be like, um, you know, he'd get angry. I can't even imitate it. He'd just get angry out of nowhere. And you're like, oh, okay. no. Yeah, oh, shit. No. Uh, like, man, you and it. then there's that one part where he like shows the dude that's getting his face eaten by rats, and he's like, goodbye. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I like this dude. Uh Penguin's amazing. I feel bad because I feel like the penguin role was destined for Danny DeVito, but this was better than Danny DeVito's penguin by far. I'm sorry for me. No, it, Love, dude, you know what? Like, they're, the, that's the case of like both being good. It's like a Jack Nicholson. They're both, the yeah, they're both. Where great. it's honestly right. like Danny DeVito, it's like he brought out the more, in a way, for lack of a better word, a more supernatural element of it. Where Weirdo. He had penguin, this is the like, mobster version. This is like a more mobster version. I love of that him. scene yeah. when you first meet Penguin. When uh, Batman's beating the shit out of people in the club, and he's like, whoa, 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 you slow down there, I'm Oz. And then he's like, man, you really are what they say you are. And I'm like, aw, I yeah. love this, this dude's he awesome. He slams him up pick. against the glass, and he gets like, take it easy, sweetheart. I love Do it. you know who I am? And then, like, Batman's like, do you know? Like, basically, like, who I am? Um, so, 
and actually, I'm Josh. I'm a, I'm a. So I've seen the movie three times. So I have that over Josh. He's only got to see it once. So he can't. I mean, your opinion's obviously 100 percent just as valid. But <laughs> you can't. F- well, we, what are you laughing about? <laughs> just, the, the preface sounds condescending, but well, I because what, what I was gonna say is you don't have as much material to formulate your opinion on, but then sure. that makes it sound like I'm saying mine's more. It's, yeah, I'm not saying. I know, I know what you. But mean. anyways, I've seen it three times, <laughs> so um, I just, I actually, Josh and I both gave this movie a 3.5. I had it as a 3.5 the first viewing. I had it as a 3.5 on the second viewing. I came home last night from the third viewing, and I said. Every fiber in my body says this is a four. It's three point five is too low, so I, I upped it to a four. And this is the re- little tiny thing I wrote on Letterbox. I said, "In this latest, I said it's the la- it's the latest movie I cannot stop thinking about. After my third viewing, I feel confident in saying I genuinely love this movie. While I am still struggling on deciding where I place it alongside the other Batman Batman films, I can say this: the Batman has the best Batman suit, the best Batmobile, the best Catwoman, the best Gotham City." The best Penguin, the best Riddler, and the best form of detective work. This film has the best of all those things. And then I finished with saying, the way this film was shot, combined with its aesthetic, music, and atmosphere, is just sublime. Please never stop raining Gotham. Because the rain just made... Oh, I love it. So, I give it a 4 out of of 5. I'd say it's an 8 out of 10 film. I love it. It's amazing. I'd say it's... I'd say, like, if I'm trying trying to be objective, obviously emotions are involved. I'd say it's, it's as... Pretty much as good as Batman Begins... And I would say it's as a complete. I still like Dark Knight Rises. It's hard. I can't even compare them. Like I can't just. I can't it's, compare it. You know what? And that's the thing. Movie. I'm glad you said that, Josh, because honestly, it's kind of immature that we compare them. And here I am being the one doing it. But like, I get it. I though. see so many people, including myself, trying to compare it. And the thing is, you don't need to compare it, and you don't need like we like to decide which one's our favorite. Me and Josh love doing that and stuff. But like, you don't need to. You can just say, "Hey, I love the Batman, and I love Batman and Robin, and I love the Dark Knight Rises, and I love the Dark Knight." You can just love them all. You don't have to choose a favorite, though I'm probably totally going to. Well, I did because Dark Knight is still my favorite. But the Batman is so good. I would say that really, I mean, in my personal opinion, I think the Dark Knight is still an easily better film personally. But I think the argument is there for this being easily the second best. If not the best to most people, you know the Batman's a great movie. Uh, I think it deserves um, to, to be up there. Things, it's just hard to because stuff comes out and it's new and it's fresh. It's new, yeah. People you get react that, like, either like it's the best thing since sliced, sliced bread, if I can speak, um, yeah. or it's the worst thing ever. And to me, it's just um, always too soon to make those calls. You need. I would say, yeah, you're right. You're right. It is too soon. It is too soon. But I get um, where you're, I, I can see that argument. I would say personally, for me, my favorite, my favorite Commissioner Gordon is still Gary Oldman. But I would say, pers- in my personal opinion, the what what uh, Christian Bale and Gary Oldman brought to their dynamic. What you see Jeffrey Wright and Pattinson bring into their dynamic, it's different. They're both different, and they're both extremely good. I would say they're about even, quality-wise. Mm-hmm. So, like, I love Jeffrey Wright as as um, Commissioner Gordon. Loved him. Or he's not Commissioner yet, I don't think. No. Lieutenant Gordon. Yeah. Um, I think they're about on par there. Like, what's kind of cool in this film is they seem more like a team, almost like a Batman and Robin more. But I feel like the camaraderie and the relationship they had in the Nolan films is also really good. Uh, Both like well I said, it's my favorite. It's my favorite Catwoman. Paul Dano was amazing. That Batmobile scene. I told. I took a friend. I took a friend last night to see it the third time, and I told him, in my opinion, I said, "The Dark Knight. You know how it has like eight God tier moments. I feel like the Batman only has one God tier moment. It has a lot of good moments. But only has one God tier moment, and that God tier moment is the Batmobile scene. It's just amazing. 
super good. Revving yeah, it up. Favorite. Revving yeah, it I up got you. Amazing. I got you. The walking towards it with the dun 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 dun. Yeah. Uh, film's amazing. Um, I'm so excited to see where this goes through sequels and spinoffs. Though I hope they don't overdo it because this felt really like the way it was shot. Like the way it was shot and how slow paced it was, and the fact it was three hours. It feels like they took their time doing this right, with the exception of the Joker scene. Um, so I hope they don't overdo it with sequels and shows. You know, like don't get me fatigued. Like don't get me too much. But mm-hmm. film was great. Eight out of ten. Loved it. Uh, for me, it's it's for certain my fourth favorite. It's behind the trilogy, but uh, Nolan trilogy, if not higher, if not higher. Man, it's up there. Uh, but I love I it. Like That's all I have to say, Josh. What, what are we going to no. close out saying? Uh, I, I love it. Um, love Batman movies. They could do anything with Batman, and it's going to get my butt in the seat. Always love Batman. It was great to see Catwoman again. We always get such a gap in time. You know what's interesting, guys? In 1992, Batman Returns comes out, Catwoman. Ten years... No, later, 20 yeah. years later. 20 years later. We get Catwoman again on screen. Another Another 10, 10 years go by, Catwoman on 40 screen. 40 years, you get three Catwoman. <laughs> so I'm really happy to have that, and I honestly loved their ending as they parted ways. It did it in a way that didn't feel wholly earned because I didn't really get to see their chemistry. You just felt that sexual attraction, which was good, but by the end of it, I really loved it still. When you see them literally driving out of the uh, funeral area and they just kind of like are both on their bikes and they kind of go, one goes left, the other goes right. And I just loved that. And the music's playing. It was beautifully done. You know, no, I, and, 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 I, and I, it feels I, I, more meta in that way, in that moment of like, hey, we know you guys know that these two have such a rich history together. And this is maybe to tease what may come, but also to tease that these two are like spellbound to be together. You know, it's like Yennefer and Geralt. It's like Spider-Man or I'm saying it's like Toby or Peter Parker. Oh, my God. Peter Parker and Mary Jane. You know, these are just destined to be interlinked always. And I See, love I, I agree. I disagree with you on this and, and, and this one thing here, a little tiny thing on the end. Disagree with this is actually what? because this is actually and I won't I won't do it. I'll, I'll agree with him. Um this is actually something I didn't grab grab onto to the third the third viewing. That's why I said like it's it's nice to see it multiple times. I actually really really bought into their 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 chemistry and relationship at the end and their attachment because it was not literally not till this viewing I saw last night where I realized that like Bruce is by halfway through the film Alfred almost dies and that was the worst part of the movie I thought was the Alfred stuff I felt really, really bad about that he got um, kind of shafted that's what I mean it didn't seem it didn't seem bad to me but it did seem like. No, like if you're gonna wasn't commit to that to scene, yeah, there wasn't enough to it. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, but like at that moment where he's talking to Bruce or he's talking to uh, Alfred, he he realizes he's like, I thought I wasn't afraid of anything, but I was afraid of going through what I went through with my parents again, losing people I love. And as like as he covers that, and you see like his relationship with Alfred, and the movie goes on with Catwoman. I could be reading too much into it, but I feel like what Matt Reeves was trying to get across there with the end is like. He wants to be with Catwoman. He wants to leave with her. He see he he feels connected to her. He feels like he has a relationship with her, and it hurts him to not go with her. And then when they're when when she takes off on the bike, you'll notice he like decides to get on the bike like later, like he contemplates it, and then it goes to the next shot to graveyard, and she's way ahead of him, and he's going like twice as fast as her to catch up to her, almost like mm. you know, like when somebody's gonna leave, you're like when somebody's saying goodbye and leaving, you're like. I know you have to go, but let me be with you to the last moment. Yeah. And he gets up with her, and he follows her all the way there until they get to that crossroads, and they turn off. Yeah. And you almost feel like there's some hesitation from him to go back towards Gotham. And then the movie ends with him looking back in the review mirror like, 
there goes potentially like a future for me. Like Gotham needs me. So I thought it was beautiful in that way. I thought this film was so good. I mean, I oh, can even it. I loved how it ended. I don't I don't see it as a nine out of ten, but I I could I could see up to a nine out of ten. Like yeah. I can see that. It that feels argument. like the most cinema 10, Batman crazy. film that I've seen. Craziness. And I love it for that. Yeah, it was really good. Man, this was so much fun talking about Batman, Josh. It was. We went way longer than we said we were going to. Always happens. Josh fashion. Uh, we could have just made an hour and a half podcast talking about just the Batman, but we went through our whole history. Yeah, like Josh said, if you want to get the companion piece of this, check out our old oddball of the like talking about the Batman Arkham games. We love, we love these Batman. Uh, we love Batman in general. Just the, the movies, the games. It's all so good. Uh, before we get out of here, Josh, oh, did you to, hear that? Do you feel that? Oh, let me let me go ahead a little two. bit. Oh, where's that? Oh, oh, I can't find it. What part are you trying to find? The dun oh. dun dun dun. Oh god, that shit fucking slaps. It's not that loud, Josh. Not that loud? Dude, that poster mm. of Batman standing in the red rain. It's like seven. It's really oh cool. god, I get chills fucking listening. Man, to that. love this movie. I'm slaps. buying it day Bows. one. I'm buying it day one on 4K. If I was still in school, I'd take the day off for it. I love it. <laughs> I get so. that. I've been there. Love it. Love Batman. Love Catwoman. Give me more of them too. I love the Bat and the Cat. Great times. Yeah. Great times. Tell, tell us, guys, come into the Discord, come on Twitter, whatever, and tell us uh, what your favorite Batman movie is, what you thought of the Batman. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this oddball episode of the Sacred Icon Podcast. And as always, keep it sacred.